Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? How are you? <laughs> Man, I hope you're good. Uh, you know, this show doesn't count against your regular uh, stack of shows that you would normally get in a season. This is year 13 of this podcast, and and you know how I like to do it. Sometimes there's shows that are extra. Well, this is going to be one of those shows that is extra, and and it's a long time coming. Let me tell you, this is not going to be worth the buildup at all. I mean, I'm certainly I'm doing it and doing it and doing it well. Uh, but the most important thing is that I'm doing it, really. I, I, I don't know about the well part, but at least I'm doing a goddamn show, right? I've stepped up to the microphone to go ahead and do a podcast. It's been it's been uh, uh, almost two weeks since I did a podcast now. This, this kicking the can down the road thing does not work because eventually they close the road and they take the can. And then you're standing there with your thumb up whatever hole you want to go ahead and shove it into. And you're thinking to yourself, Jesus Christ, what have I done with my time? What have I done with myself? And uh, you're all very kind. If anybody's even listening to this now, I may have lost all of you because I, I will say this too. This is the thing. Uh, and, and look, I'm not putting any pressure on you. This is totally on me and my brain and how it works. And you're going to hear it. Let's do it. Let's climb inside my head. Let's climb inside it like the haunted mansion and have the fucking frosted flakes guy say some shit and we'll fucking hit an elevator button and go all the way down into my gut. Let's talk about just brain and gut today. What do you say? Let's talk about head and stomach. Let's talk about uh, the relationship between head and stomach or stomach and head. And let's just, let's just tell you about this. All right. So here's the thing. I, uh, my brain, it doesn't work the way it should, as you know. And then I wind up coming in here and telling you about it. And then it turns into a shame spiral. Like I said, it's been almost two weeks, which is, uh, uh, that's man, that's not good. And that's, that's something I never did. I mean, I, that's, that's interlude stuff. Like I'd take a, you know, a week off because of the interlude and then another week off to do another show. Um, and so now you're tuning in thinking, what is it interlude time already? Is there music to be had? Is, are we going to go ahead and listen to some special tunes via our pal, Mike? No, no. Is, is our buddy Dave got cranking stuff out? No, David is not. David is cranking stuff out for his own podcast. Certainly can go listen to that. Uh, but I can tell you, I have no music. I have no notes. I have no singing. There may be singing. Uh, singing is a generous word. There may be me trying to speak off key, but uh, speak off key. How weird is that? Uh, am I doing musical theater? Uh, I don't know. I almost watched Hamilton this week. I buried myself in a lot of stuff this week. I thought, I and, and that's always the way it goes. It's always this thing like I should do a podcast. Wait a minute. What if I watched Hamilton four hours later? Um, 
And and you know what's funny? I watch it in the room where it happens, where the podcast happens, and yet I still can't go ahead and find my way past it to do it. Uh, misery. Um, yeah, my, my, I don't know uh, how to explain things. And, and look, you don't want me to explain. Or maybe you do. Look, you're my friends. And and I, uh, if you're here, that's the thing is I don't even know if you're here. And again, like this is what I was going to say about the brain. This is the way my brain works. Um, you know, it's been almost two weeks since the show came out. Last time it came out was a Tuesday in April. It's May. I, I did a show last month. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's like not even worth saying, right? It just sounds so ridiculous to say that. Oh, yeah, no, my this this to show is in the past. Um, but I, you know, constantly and again, you're going to hear this. You've heard it before, but I'm going let's let's all jump in the hamster wheel together, shall we? Uh, wood, water and wheel. Let's let's discuss this. I um, <laughs> it's been it's been a while since I've done a show. And uh, when I when this happened, when I was hitting this rough patch of the past year uh, and the show came out kind of at a, the, the, a floating release date is is the way to be kind and say it. People would reach out. Man, I hope you're good. They'd text me. I hope you're all right. And and I'd hide from the phone because when people reached out, then I'd feel even worse. How, su- how stupid am I? I I would be because I'd be like, oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I fuck. Because uh, Fearful Jesuit is a really good friend. And he would reach out and be like, hey, buddy, uh, you know, just a gentle nod to see if you're all right down there. Because, uh, you know, he's in the Bay Area. He's up there. He's he's supervising monks. Look, the man has a he's got a gentle touch with everybody he reaches out to, especially knows that me. I'm ready to spin off the fucking planet any other goddamn time you would contact me. Uh, and he knows that there's no show. Obviously, shit's going down. Oh, that's how it works. Shit's going down. You, you might remember me from the shit's going down episode of That's My Mama. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jesuit will reach out and other friends will reach out and they'll, they'll send me a note. And and, uh, and I oftentimes, I don't answer them right away because what happens to me is instead of going, oh man, look at that. I get a, I get a bunch of people who are cool and friends and they reach out and they want to know about me. Uh, I instead go, oh man, I'm letting them down. And look at this. Now they've reached out and they've said that they should do this. Like even Bridget this week, uh, she sent me, <laughs> she's awesome. But uh like two days ago or a day ago or something. It might've been a day ago. Actually, she sent me, I just got a text from her and it was a a huge thing about procrastination, like from YouTube, some woman talking about procrastination. And, and I know these people are like, Hey man, you know, this is, this is a good way to get unstuck. This is something I found that helped me in the past and can possibly take you into the future. Um, and Jesuit, will kindly just say things like, Hey man, I hope things are going okay down there. I hope you're all right. And I, and I'm like, and I'm, I am all right. That's the thing. It's not, I got to start putting out proof of life videos or something. Do I have to hold up today's newspaper? You know what? I'm actually holding it up in, in case you're wondering, I'm holding up today's newspaper. So that should let you know that this podcast is, is signed, sealed and delivered in the present. I, I promise this is a posthumous release is what I'm saying. Um, so, so when people reach out, they're very kind, but that just, that, proceeds to make me even more angry at myself that I've forced people to take up phone or or thumb and reach out and see that I'm okay because there's so many other things for people to worry about everybody's got their own families they got their own friends they got their own lives everybody's got and look everybody's got their own bullshit they're going through everybody's got their own stuff that's happening you know what I mean they've got uh, kids and schools and we've all gone through this nonsense over the past year or so of, of you know Kids at home screaming, you not being able to go to work. We can't go outside. I, you know, literally, hey, man, I think you know, the, the, the listen to this thought. How ludicrous does this thought sound like? Hey, man, I might go get a hamburger and then, uh, you know, I might just go sit in the park for a while and, and maybe I'll go to a movie tonight. I, for a year, none of that was possible. 
I mean, you could go get a, a hamburger, but you had to put on a battalion suit. Like a, you had to dress up like fucking Sir Lancelot in order to go out and get a goddamn hamburger, right? You had to have a suit of armor. You had to have a fucking this cautionary tale of I can't go here. And I I have to even and even constant reminders of it. Like when you would go to a food place and uh, even if you went to a convenient drive through because you didn't want to go into the joint because he couldn't go into the fucking joint because they had the goddamn door barricaded like it was dawn of the fucking dead. But you would have to go through the drive through, right? So you pull up. And it would be a dude looking like Boris Karloff and the mummy, just like wrapped from head to toe in gauze with fucking rubber gloves on and and uh, and reaching and like because he used a debit card to pay because, of course, I don't use cash anymore because, oh, my God, the germ might be on the cash. The germ might be on the cash. So you use plastic or whatever the fuck. Right. So then they, they like you can't even hand them the card anymore as they're, they're wearing 10 layers of protection, but it still doesn't matter because we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And so they hold out the terminal now. They had to renovate their business to get a long ass cord so they can hold out the terminal so you can slide your card into it. And they have to try to, and they don't want anything to be, do with you. They don't want to get close to you. They want to lean back as far as they can and, and reach that and extend their arm as far as it'll go and keep you at literal arm's length. And then some, because the terminal is sticking out of their hand and you, you know, it's not like, look, Nobody goes to the drive-thru and gets a fucking hug, all right? And nobody's like, yay, it's good to see you. I've got a strawberry shake coming. And then you just fucking give somebody a pound and you walk out. No, man, it's not how it goes. I understand that. But it's a, it was a stark reminder anytime you went to do something, how fucking different and weird and strange it was. You know, you'd pull up and then you got the, you've got to lean out with the card and slide it in. And then they, they you know... <laughs> everybody's got that fucking shield on their head and they all sound like Darth Vader. Like, Use the pin card, Luke. Did you want dipping sauce? Everybody in the fucking world was converted into this fucking creature what they didn't want to be and and for our own good and so also we were and and still are to a certain extent there there's been a real i i look i'm gonna say four years all right and and i know we all know what that coincides with uh but it's been going on my entire life of people being pitted against one another you know, ah, uh, it's the Muslims. Ah, oh, man, these fucking Guatemalans. Ah, oh, look at all these fucking people. Well, you know, and it was always very clearly delineated by color or religion or faith. And you could always, there was always somebody for somebody else to look down on. And they were also easily identified because they wore a burqa or they uh, had uh, a gabardine. They were Hasidic Jews and they had the fucking pin curls. There was always uh, some easy way for other people to marginalize and look down on others. Okay. Well, when the pandemic came, that was, that was the great unifier because you didn't need to fear somebody in a burqa. You didn't need to fear somebody wearing gabardine. Uh, you had to fear everybody at that fucking point. And, and everyone basically wore the same costume and has for a year and has to continue. And that's, and that's something people rebelled against hardcore. And I, I, I got to think that that was at its roots, you know, this, this people feeling that that was a loss of independence when in reality, it was the greatest show of independence you could possibly muster because you were, we were all coming together to be unified 
um, and, and you're, you were going to be strong for one another, which I feel is a great showing of independence because you, you make the personal decision to sacrifice for others. That's You can't get more independent than that, in my opinion. And people will be like, well, that flies in the face in the convention of, of what independence truly is. Well, no, I prefer to think that independence isn't walking around with a fucking flag and being, you know, you're not an island. If if, if you're truly independent, it means you're, you're uh, an independent person within a, a dependent organization or even a dependent organism. Um, because, look, we all follow the rules all day, every day. Whether you think you do or you don't, you know, the mask thing is just a thing. And I look, I'm, I'm this is everybody's heard this fucking shit forever. Uh, it's the mask thing is just like having a driver's license or driving within the lane on the freeway or or standing in line at the bank. You know, we there's there are rules and conventions that we follow every single fucking day. And and the mask was a bridge too far for people. When in reality, it was just it was just another way to to show politeness and keep people safe and keep yourself fucking safe. And not kill somebody's aunt. What the fuck? Um, God, how did I spin off into this bullshit? I have no fucking idea. See, this is the problem. See, that's the thing. You know, I don't, I don't talk, and then there's nothing to do. I, I, my buddy Justin. Oh, I, I, that's what I was going to talk about. But people reaching out. Um, a buddy of mine, Justin. He reached out to me. You know, and, and he's he's like, "How you doing over there? Is there you know? Is there uh, how's it coming with the show?" Which that you know that makes me go, "Oh man, see." People are waiting on the fucking show, and then I don't have a show, and I'm I'm fucking worthless, and nobody wants to fucking listen now. And I know, look, I know you're so fucking tired of hearing me run this down. I know you're just so tired of me laying out my my pathology for all to hear. I I don't know why it's become more intense in the past year and a half. Um, and and I'm sure there are people going to go, hey man, listen to year nine because it was it was there too. Yes, it's always been there, but for some reason it just it just feels more intense now. And I think it's because, well, because the show, you know, and we've talked about this before. Justin said to me, you know, I, I watched UFC with Justin and and Mary, and Justin was asking about the you know the show and the process, and I'm like, yeah, I know, it's just, and I was explaining to him, you know he's a friend. So I went into even more detail and, and then I, and then my head, I'm like, he's not a friend anymore. That guy's going to fucking leap off a building. Uh, why? And why not? Um, but he, you know, I was telling him how I felt and what, it, what it was like and, you know, and, and doing the show and then tying it in with the pandemic and, and then, you know, trying to make it happen and being alone in an apartment for a year, you guys are alone in your house. Everybody's, Everybody's alone. Everybody's got stuff to do. And look, as I've said a billion times before, Jesus fuck. And I, I so this is the thing where I wind up repeating myself. And this is why it makes it harder to do the show because I go, you're just going to say shit you already said. Uh, and and look, do I say it in a charming and entertaining way? Well, that can't be argued. Certainly, I'm I'm handsome, charming, and loved. Uh, but I was much more handsome a year ago. I'll tell you that. And then everything went off the fucking spiral. And that's another reason why I fucking sit around and I go, God damn it, what the fuck is wrong with you? And oh my goodness, what is going on? That dude, they, they, you know what we need to do? If there's a way I can get a surgery, uh, they fixed my stomach, right? Like they fucking made that into a shot glass and that, that worked for a while. Uh, and it still works if I fucking let it. The program works if you let it. <laughs> I'm a podcasting friend of Bill, whatever the fuck. Um, but I need somebody to climb in it, like do a fucking surgery on my brain and pull that. Because there's a dude in there and there's a dude in there. You know what he looks like? This is great. It's not... He looks like J. Jonah Jameson. That's who he looks like. He's just like got a little fucking brush cut and a mustache and a cigar. And he's like, ah, Schmidt, nobody fucking cares. What the fuck do you think you're doing? And, I, and I'm like, I don't know. I thought everybody cared. He's like, ah, shut up. 
And he's all mad at me. And I'm like, why are you mad at me, man? There's a fucking pandemic. Why are you telling me that? And, you know, everybody's got their struggles. Everybody's got their shit that they're going through. And he's like, oh, you can't even do this. Unbelievable. You got one thing to do. It's a goddamn show. Why does why does J. Jonah Jameson sound like my buddy Jimmy O? That impression. I got to work on that impression of the guy who lives in my head. But you, uh, you, you, again, this is neither here nor there. And you don't care. But so anyway, so people reach out. And they're and they're very kind, you know. They'll reach out and be like, "Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you feeling good?" Uh, my buddy Kiki, uh, you know, she she watches the Twitch streams and she just wrote me a note a couple days ago, which I have not answered. That's the thing is, it's like because I feel like answering it is like because here's what here I all right, <laughs> this is what I really think is gonna happen. It sounds so stupid. Uh, hey, you know, are you okay? How's it going over there? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, it's a little it's weird right now, but I'm fine. Oh, then why didn't you do a show? I, I figured that's the follow-up email like that I'll get from them. And, I'm, and then I'll be like, oh, Jesus, fuck. You know, I, um, I, I, I can't explain to you how much I hate myself every minute the show isn't on time. And by the way, as we know, as I've said last week, it, what is time really? Time is an arbitrary concept. Time is, you know... This show could land in your fucking house, but but the thing is, it's not. It this is not a lark. That's the thing. This is not a fucking lark. This is my job, and a lot of you support financially, and so when when I uh, take it upon myself to be defeated and not do this in a timely fashion, uh, I I have to think that people are going to to withdraw that support and look for because there's believe me. Hey man, there's a lot of shit you could listen to. There's a lot of things you could watch. There's a, you know, and I, I'm vying for attention. I, you know, it's like the end of trading places. You ever see that when the, everybody's buying the frozen concentrated orange juice and there's Ackroyd and fucking Murphy, but in this, there's just a sea of brokers and they're, and they're holding up pieces of paper and they're, they're trying to get everybody's attention. They're trying to buy and sell and whatever the fuck. Uh, and, and so you guys, you guys are Ackroyd and Eddie Murphy. You're just standing there in this maelstrom and, and every one of these brokers surrounding you with fucking paper, that's that's your entertainment choices. That's that's podcasts, that's Spotify, that's movies, that's Netflix, that's Amazon Prime. That's you know, it used to be that's your friends, going out with your friends and seeing live shows and going to the movies, all that stuff. But our, our choices have been really whittled down because of the fucking pandemic. And um to find look to find yourself as not even one of the choices during the pandemic would be that that means people have completely turned away from you. So so when I say people have reached out to me, they've been very kind, and it, it always it heartens me when they do. But then it also shames me because I I realize they're reaching out because I haven't done what's expected of me, and then that makes me go, oh man, what is wrong with you? And then also it it makes me reflect on the fact that I'm 53 and I'm doing the same things I did when I was 13. And you realize you haven't made uh, an iota of progress in that area. Now, look, have I made progress in other areas? Certainly I have. Uh, you know, I my I think my violence is in check. <laughs> my rage, I think, has, has been uh, uh, buttonholed a little bit. It, it'll arrive periodically, but but here's the difference. You know, I... Uh, I knew my rage before was acting out because I was I was really angry at myself for things. And then that would manifest itself in in a post office or a bank or a laundry room or whatever the fuck by year one through fucking 14. But but I. I've been able to fucking compartmentalize any rage that I have. Uh, because now I can just keep it inside and self-loathe. 
instead of instead of unleashing it you know how it's 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 constantly roiling and it's it's there it's it's in your stomach it's in your fucking lungs it's in your head and it's behind your eyes and and you're waiting to unleash it on an unsuspecting person who says or does the wrong thing because you're fucking angry at yourself and it will give you an opportunity to go ahead and focus all of your white hot fucking rage on anybody but yourself And I learned through six years of therapy and six years of getting older that that doesn't help anybody, certainly not the person on the on the end of your attack, Uh, because I I, as I said and thought about it, you know, it's like I have become a lot more Dalton uh, from Roadhouse where it's like nobody wins a fight. You know what I mean? That bullshit where it's like, oh, you ever win a fight? Nobody wins a fight. And and it's like in my head. Yeah. And and nobody especially wins a fight where I'm the only one who's mad because I'm mad at myself. And then I take that rage out on whoever the fuck just happened to 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 steal a pen from the bank and leave me without ink. You know, whatever the fuck reason I'm mad at anybody. By the way, I use the bank as a reference quite a bit. I, I just went in the bank the other day for the first time in a year and a half. Because usually it's all ATM or all online, right? Nobody goes to the fucking bank and says anything to any. There's no tellers, but there are. This is weird. And I will say this. I went into the fucking bank, and I haven't been in there in a while, certainly not since the pandemic, and it is a fucking ghost town. Man, and also, if you thought the the people in the in the fast food joint were wrapped up tight, these people are in, look, I know it's a bank and there's money there and shit like that, but at my bank, they seems, they installed... And I didn't think it was possible. Even more bulletproof glass. Like I, I was there. I don't know if they're thinking that society is going to collapse at any moment. But Jesus Christ! It, 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 I walked in this joint. I, I, I was just, you know, I had to cash a check that I, that I got in the mail. I thought I was going to have to talk to Magneto. Like I mean, this fucking place looked like a goddamn supervillain's prison with all the fucking chrome and and bulletproof glass all over the place. And I guess I should be happy they're protecting the meager amount that I've invested with them over the years. But at the same fucking time, I'm just like, holy, this seems seems like a bit of overkill. I didn't realize I'd sent my money to the Phantom Zone, uh, but apparently that I did. I'm in you know I'm in fucking Superman's Fortress of Solitude to cash a check for Mercury Insurance. What the fuck? Um, and there's stuff, you know, I walk in and they can barely hear you because they're behind eight, you know, 45 inches of, of fucking plexiglass and you're trying to strain to talk to them. They can only hear you through the little air thing at the bottom and you don't want to lean forward because that just looks stupid. And then, and also you're breathing your germs into the fucking metal scoop and then it shoots up right into their fucking faces. They don't want anything to do with you. Uh, and then get this. I go into the fucking bank and I don't want to go to the fucking bank. I don't want to go anywhere for fuck's sake. I, I don't want to check the mail. And this and believe me, this last two weeks when there hasn't been a show, it, th- please don't think that I've been gallivanting all over town. I mean, that, that's not happening at all. I'm 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 ensconced. I'm dug in like a fucking tick in my house. And I thought it was going to all be different after Denver, man. Remember, we talked about this. I'm like, because I, I said I was terrified to head back into real life. And, and man. The way that manifested itself is in is in the malaise, just this malaise that laid me fucking low. Uh, so I go to this fucking bank because here's the thing. I switched my insurance because after a year, you know, I'm paying a certain amount of car insurance. And also I'm 53. So my car insurance should be like nine bucks a month. I've had no accidents. I've had no tickets. I've had nothing bad. So I called my insurance company or no. I, uh, and all right, let's, let's share this fucking bullshit. I didn't call her. I send her a. Um, no bullshit. I did call her. I called her and I left a message because she didn't answer. 
And when I first signed up with this company, it was Mercury Insurance. Uh, th- you know, I they were a godsend because if you remember, again, we're going to go back six years in the podcast. There was a couple of incidents where I had an I had a car accident. It wasn't my fault. I was working, and then these per- this drunk woman rear-ended me, but she didn't have insurance, and my Murano got totaled. Uh, and then Geico only would pay me like a thousand dollars for it or whatever, because just before the accident, a woman had changed my whatever. Long story. Go buy whatever the fuck. So, uh, so I switched. I switched to Mercury Insurance at the time. And, uh, and you know, it, it, I, it was, it cost a lot then like six years ago or whatever it was, seven years ago, but I've been with them since. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm, you know, if you think I'm hiding from this fucking show, imagine what I'm doing with bills. So I'm hiding from my bills. Right. And, and, but then occasionally I will take a, a look and go, Hey, you know, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like a, a decent amount. So I did this with my car insurance, particularly during the pandemic. Cause I went, man, I'm not even fucking driving anywhere. So you start to do that thing where you start to take stock of what's going here and what should I do here? And what should I cut out? And, and you know, I, the expenses you don't think you need. Right. So my car insurance was fucking, I like, I'm not gonna get into numbers. Nobody wants to get into numbers. All right. <laughs> but it was way more than I thought it should be. And then I, it was coming up for renewal in February. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens in February. In February, I think it went up like four bucks a month. And I was like, all right, no bullshit on this. So I uh, I called the, the woman who's been my agent forever, who also, you know, I never bother these people. I don't I don't bother my landlady. I don't bo- I, I try to lay as fucking low as I possibly can. So I think that when I do have to talk to them, when they do hear from me, they should finally go, oh, you know, I haven't heard from that guy in a while. And it should be a breath of fresh air because, look, it's the guy who can go along and get along. The guy who can take care of his own apartment, the guy who can take care of his own insurance, the guy, the guy who's not the squeaky wheel. Everybody's like, oh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Look, man, I don't want the wheel. I don't want the squeak. I don't want the grease. I don't even want the fucking car, man. I want nothing. I'll stay out of your fucking hair. You know what I want to do? I want to fly so far under the radar that I look up and I see dirt. All right. I am. I'm tunneling under fucking ground. I just, I just want to exist. You know what I mean? Half the time it's like I, I there do I want to aspire to great heights? Would I love to be on a fucking mountaintop of the flags? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, would I love to climb comedy mountain. Is that, is that a thing? I'm going to climb comedy mountain and plant my flag at the top. Uh, but I'll do it tomorrow or next week. I'll do it eventually before I die. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to fucking be on anybody's radar. I don't want to be the guy, you know, even uh, here's a small thing. All right. In my apartment building right now, in my, in my apartment, I don't give a fuck about the building, but in my apartment right now, I don't know what happened a, a month ago, five weeks ago. Uh, I went to, to, to flush the toilet, which and I told you I had one of those water saver fucking bullshit toilets. So I flushed it. And, uh, and I, I look, I didn't do anything. It, it, this is, this is always, I feel so fucking ridiculous when I talk to these people. Cause I just go, look, man, I didn't do anything. All right. I didn't, it wasn't like I was aspiring to break this. I didn't do anything fucking to, to make bad things happen. I just flushed the toilet. Like I've done a thousand times before a hundred million times before. So I flushed it and it didn't, uh, it wouldn't flush. Like it, it, uh, it flushed. It was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it doesn't. It doesn't stay down with the whole process of the flushing and the water and the thing. And the lady, I was like, <laughs> it just, so I, I've again, being a grown up who's lived in many apartments, shitty and otherwise throughout my life. And also living in a, in a house with four boys and my mom, 
uh, you know, shit would break. But we instead of fixing it, because I don't know how to fucking fix a toilet. What the fuck am I? You know, Johnny Liquid Plumber. I don't fucking know. So what I do is uh, I know it. I know what I'm supposed to do in this in this instance. I just hold the the flusher down, the whatever the fuck, the handle, the jigger, whatever. And I hold it down. And it goes and it flushes. And then you once it fills back up, you just let it go. And you're like, all right, cool. That's fine. Um, well, this happened five weeks ago. All right. And uh, I, I'm going to share a secret with you. And I, I don't like talking about these sorts of things, but this is real and this is true. And whatever the fuck, you know, I use the toilet a couple of times a day. I drink a lot of water. So I mean, I might be using the toilet, you know, oh, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times a day. I'm flushing the toilet. Who knows? I don't want to put a number on it. Uh, but the point is, I use the fucking thing. It's not like I can ignore it. All right. But every time I know I have to hold the fucking handle down sploosh, whatever the fuck. And, and that's fine. I'm excited about that. I, it's all I wanted to do. And I, I don't need to bother anybody. I don't need to tell them. It's not until there's water shooting into my eye, until there's some makeshift bidet that is conjuring up the ghosts of every shit I ever took. I, I got no interest in it. All right. I don't. I just will push the button. We'll hold the handle. Whatever the fuck we do. Is it an inconvenience? It is. Does it bother me every time I do it? Who are you talking to? You fucking know it does. But at the same time in my brain, I go, what am I going to do? Call them over this? Because every time I call them for some tiny repair like that, that's another thing that shames me. It's like when someone reaches out to me and goes, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, good. And they're like, uh, how's the show coming? And you're like, fuck, I suck. I should be doing a show. God damn it. I'm terrible. And they throw your phone into the freezer so you don't have to look at it. Um, well, the same thing goes with these little minor repairs in my fucking apartment. Like, uh, you know, whenever there's like a dripping faucet, I, you know, Pat, my buddy Pat's got a toolbox that he carries in his car so he can do all sorts of shit. Like if he sees you wrecked on the highway, he can come over and like save you. He can give you like a home tracheotomy. He can do all sorts of bullshit, right? I, I, I can hold the toilet plunger down. That's it. The, the, the handle. There you go. I can make look. Yay. Woo. I magically made the toilet flush and I look at it as a cooperative effort. You know, the toilet has given good service. He's done whatever he's needed to do. And I flushed and walked away so many times. Well, does it really kill me to go ahead and have to spend another five seconds with the toilet? It doesn't. And maybe, you know what? Maybe it broke itself because it wanted the attention. Maybe it was thinking to itself, you know, because again, as you know, things are real to me. Everything's alive. Uh, if you get a water bottle, the cap and the bottle are friends. We all know this. So maybe the toilet has have a, it, it's got a relationship with me now. Maybe it likes me. Maybe it wants to spend just that much more time with me a day. And so I think to myself, this isn't a bad thing. And also maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it longs for my touch. Maybe the toilet longs for my touch. So I, I can hold the handle down that extra five seconds. And if it gives my toilet some sort of comfort, then I'm happy to do it because it's, you know what? It's doing yeoman's work. It is, it is performing above and beyond. It is performing the service it has been provided to provide to, to do. And I, I, I can only thank it that way because uh, you can't thank an inanimate object. I mean, you can, but then you're insane. But you can in your but there can be an understanding between you and a spoon that says, all right, you know what? We're in this together. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something, man. That sounded crazy coming out of my mouth. I couldn't even finish it. There can be an understanding between you and a spoon that says, hey, we're in this together. Oh, Jesus. As a fat guy, I you know what I should because when I was a kid, I had a favorite spoon. I'm not even joking. I had the, there was the golden spoon, and we would run because there was one spoon for some reason. I don't know why we had it. Every other 
drab pewter silver whatever the fuck silverware color you get was was in the drawer but there was one golden spoon and and between me me and my four brothers we would run to the kitchen you would fight for it or call it i call the golden spoon whatever the fuck because it 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 made you special it made that day special if you're going to eat with the golden spoon. So I'm I'm not above having a relationship with the spoon. So don't even side eye me with your bullshit. I'm more than happy to have a spoon that's important to me. Who doesn't want to have an important look? Have you ever really lived if you don't have an important spoon? I don't I don't think you I don't think you have. Don't be like, oh, I can just read. You know, I don't need a fucking spoon. I can eat with my fingers. I'm a fucking animal. Whatever the fuck. Ah, I, you know what? I can eat with a steak knife. Boo hoo. Fuck you, man. Get get down and dirty and get to know your spoons. Fucking know their mouthfeel. Know which one is better or best. You better, you bet. <laughs> you woke up in a Soho doorway. A policeman had your spoon. Uh, all right. So what the fuck is they talking about? The um, a spoon. Oh, the toilet. So the toilet. Yeah, so it doesn't fucking. I don't bother anybody. I don't fucking go, hey, man, you got to come fix this. You know what I mean? Because there are people in the building who are like, oh, you're not going to believe this. I uh, My sink is dripping. Uh, I, I see a dripping sink and I think to myself, well, that's that's a cry for help. Clearly, this sink needs some sort of attention. And so will I will I be nicer to the sink at that point? Will I be gentler, more gentle with the with the faucet? Certainly I will. And there's no dripping in my house. Only the only thing right now is again the toilet. Also, but Mari, I have another thing too. I'll talk about it in a second. But uh but I don't I don't want to be on anybody's fucking radar, right? So that's the thing with the insurance company. I don't bother anyone. I don't because there are people who will be like, oh man, I, I woke up and there was a dent in the side of my car. I need to call the insurance company. What the fuck are you doing? What do you what kind of 1963 businessman are you that you're going to call up and fucking you, do you have rules in your life? You fucking button down short sleeve shirt wearing clip on tie motherfucker, a dent in your car. Cars are fungible. I mean, I, you know, I think that to myself, I used to kissing. All right. Now, I will tell you what. I recognize that there's a lot of fucking give up in this this statement. OK, and I've talked before about this, about how I'm never going to own a house. I know I'm never going to purchase a house unless there's some miracle, some fucking Hail Mary where I win a, a lottery of some sort of mega millions of Powerball. If I want to power a mega something, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, then perhaps, perhaps I could go ahead and uh, and, and purchase a home. But as is right now, uh, I, I, you know, I do like you do. And I and look, I don't seek it out. But I now have a bunch of friends who are posting links to Zillow stuff. And then I wind up going to look at these houses on Zillow. And I'm like, oh, man, look at that fucking joint. Isn't that awesome? Uh, That looks like a great place. (laughs) Because you don't think I don't. I live the life I live. You know, it's not like I'm a guy who's like, oh, my God, I need a fuck ton of money and a car. Like even with the car, like, I, you know, I still drive the Camry. I have a Camry hybrid and it's fine. It does what it needs to do. And in my brain, I'm like, I, I go, you know what? I may never, I mean, if this car runs, I may never buy another car. It's it's such a weird finish line to think of. But I'm like, you know, because I, I could get a new car. This car's got like, a, you know, 170,000 miles or whatever the fuck it is. But it runs fine. I've taken good care of it. I, I, I've done good maintenance on it. So I've kept up with everything I needed to keep up with. But it, it, and especially then in the pandemic, it didn't do anything. It was fucking holstered in the barn. I mean, I wasn't doing anything with the goddamn thing. So whenever I get in the car in my brain, and you know, I like the, again, I got a great radio, <laughs> whatever the fuck. I'm like, that's all I need. But, uh, but then, like I said, you get into a new car, a car from somebody will be having, 
you know, you get in a Range Rover or anybody else's new fucking car and you climb in it and you're like, oh, man, I wish I had a spaceship because that's what these fuck. That's what cars are now. They're fucking ridiculous. And but also I, I find I see that it's ludicrous to to desire a fancy car. I know that sounds so look, man, I'm not fucking Gandhi. All right. I don't know. And I don't know what he fucking drove, but I'm, I'm I don't. I don't look at at a car anymore with lust or think to myself, oh, man, I got to have that or how fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, you know, if you had disposable fucking income and stuff like that, you wanted to you you could if you needed a car. To me, a car is a tool. I know that sounds I wish I could come around with this idea on food. You know what I mean? But because I can't because food to me is a luxury, a joy. I I, marinate it and I love it so much. But like a, a car is a tool. It gets me from A to B. Sometimes to C, although rarely to C during the pandemic. I usually just go A to B, come back to A and hide. <laughs> you want to find me? Go look at the A. I'm I'm hiding there. Um, but I I don't. It's just a it's just a strange thing, and I consider it aging out or whatever. Like I said, the and I don't know if it's dangerous or not to feel this way to to not strive for things. And to not be alive enough to feel anger or rage or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm I, content most of the time. You know, I, I, I'm okay. I Do I wish I had other things? Do, do you wish you had a companion sometimes? Yes. Do you wish you could go do things? But that's why I wonder, is this is this just old man stuff? And is this the, the, the beginning of the end? Is this the twilight? Is this what I have to sink into? I don't know. But also, I've made that decision for myself. Because it's not like I'm going out and doing anything or, you know, I held the gym. Every, well, the pandemic didn't help. That just fucking stopped everything in its tracks. But, uh, you know, I could have gone out and walked during the pandemic. I could have done a million different things, and I didn't. I chose to steer completely into the skid and do absolutely fucking nothing and, and take a wrecking ball to who I was and what I am. Now, I like my attitude. I like... Like, and you know, I've talked about this before. The only thing that matters is being happy. That's all, that's all that matters going forward. That's it. Be happy. Be nice to people. Be happy. Don't hurt anybody. That's it. That's, that's really, and you don't need a new car to be happy and be nice to everybody. You have to decide what makes you happy. Now, sadly, I have to really decide what makes me happy because some of the things that I choose to make me happy are, are going to kill me in the end. And then, and that's, that's another issue entirely, you know, um, but I fly under the radar. I don't want to. I don't want to bother anybody. And I know that sounds ridiculous because it's not really a bother. Uh, but but and fuck, I pay my insurance company to fucking do shit for me. So I should I should be okay with it. So in February they renewed it and it went up actually like a couple bucks or something. So I fucking called them and I'm like, hey, you know, and she didn't answer. And I left a long message, and uh, and she sent me and then get this, she sent me an email back. Saying yes, I can save you money. We can re- they can reduce my insurance by I think it was like thirty dollars a month, something like that. But uh, she's like, you need to do this and this and this and this, whatever. And so I, uh, I <laughs> and and look, this is the self important part of me, and I get this. I, in my head, I was like, why the fuck are you sending me an email? Like, why aren't you calling me? You know, I, I'm I'm a client that you should be wanting to keep, especially. And, and I know this is an entitlement thing. I understand this. I've talked about this before. When you go to the, you know, during the pandemic, I tried to be as kind as I could to anybody who had to work during the pandemic. Um, you know, you, you, I'd tip extra, do whatever. I, you know, I'd tip because normally when I would go to get 
uh, takeout food, which I didn't, I didn't do a ton. Uh, I would I would tip ten percent or whatever of, of what the order was. Well, now I tipped as if I was eating in the restaurant, you know, and uh, and so because these people didn't need to be there and taking care of me, and so you do whatever you could to try to make it easier for them and ease their burden a little bit because they're as I've mentioned wearing a motherfucking Neil Armstrong spacesuit, and they're like that's one small sandwich for man, one giant breakfast for Mike, and they have to fucking hop over in no in zero gravity and give me my fucking breakfast from a goddamn distance. I'm surprised, you know, like I said, they put that cord on the fucking terminal for the ATM card. I'm surprised they didn't have a fucking slingshot where they just fucking set it up and just shot the food at you at high speed. You had to grab it in a fucking catcher's mitt. Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to interact with anybody anymore. And I don't blame them. Let's put it this way. People want to interact with people. You want to hug me. I'm going to hug you. That's fine. Cause we know one another and that's cool. But I'm saying if you're a fucking person in a grocery store or a fucking, uh, you know, a food joint, you don't want to talk or touch anybody. You're like, Jesus Christ, I got my own family. I don't want to bond with you over a fruit cup. Get the fuck out of here, man. But, you know, you. but I felt that way where I was just like, oh, these poor people. Uh, that's professional broadcasting right there doing the ah after you drink some water. <clears throat> so I my insurance company writes me back. And, uh, and it gets the same woman who I've been with for seven years. So don't, I mean, look, I've seen TV shows and commercials and I see every real estate asshole on a fucking bench outside where they're like, call me, I'll get you a cool yard. And it's like, great. They're personally invested in their business. And then they have to put on that fucking Stepford wives face and go, hi, how are you? Don't you want to go take a look at Cause they are, they're in it for the commission and that's fine. Now, maybe my insurance lady doesn't make any commission off me or, or not enough commission off me. I don't know, but she sent me a fucking email. And I was like, I thought that I thought it was impersonal because I thought maybe we could call and talk and discuss what I could change here, what I could change there. Let's fucking do all this. So um, so I wrote her back and I just went, hey, all right, I want to proceed with this, but I need to know exactly what I'm doing. Is there a way we can actually shave more money off whatever, with questions? And uh, a day later, she's like, you know, not really. <laughs> this is kind of what we can do if you want to do this. And again, she's calling my bluff here because you know that I'm, I don't, uh, I don't want to talk to the insurance person. I don't want to talk to anybody. As I mentioned under the radar underground, I'm, I'm so deep underground. I'm on the other side of the earth, man. I want nothing fucking to do with any of these people. It took everything I could to call this woman from Mercury insurance. I don't want to, it's not like I want to be in her life. But then the fucking back and forth with the email. So then I, I said, all right. So I changed the policy via email. And she's like, all right, you need to do this and do this and docusign this and blah, blah, blah. And so I did all the bullshit. And then she, and she's like, all right, you already made your payment for February to renew. So we're going to have to give you a little bit of a refund, but it works out this way, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm expecting a check from those fucking people. Um, but I got to admit, I'm still, I'm still fried. I'm still like, well, this isn't enough of a savings. Because I barely drive. I don't fucking do anything. I don't go anywhere. But of course, you know that the second I make some sort of adjustment, I'm going to get fucking literally someone will somehow jump the fence of my carport and smash me in the in the rear end. And I'll be like, God damn it. What the fuck? You know, I, I you don't fuck around with insurance. We've talked about this before. You buy you buy whatever you got to buy, whatever the fucking top of the line, whatever you can afford. You make sure you have it because inevitably, inevitably. Some fucking stroke with a bottle of Tito's vodka is going to smash into you at a goddamn streetlight. And then you're going to be like, I don't know what to do here. And they're going to be like, well, unfortunately, you took away your uninsured motorist on Wednesday's clause. So that car is fucked. And by the way, so are you. Thank you for calling. Uh, So I don't I can't. 
I'm petrified to make any big movement in my insurance because inevitably that will be the thing that bones me in the fucking end, right? So I, uh, so I, I left it the way it was and I, or I did this. So then I get a check from them, right? They send me a check and, uh, and, it, and I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything, as you know. So it sat on my desk for a couple of weeks. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, you know, I should probably get that in the fucking bank. So I took it to the ATM and uh, I made a deposit and it, it spit it out. It said it wouldn't accept my check. And it said, please check the markings, whatever. So then I look at the check and I must admit, it didn't feel like check stock. You know how checks feel a little thicker than regular paper? All right, well, I detached it and I took it and I signed it and all this fuck. So I, I finally, I look at the piece of this check. I almost want to show it to you. There's no, uh, there's no routing number or accounting number at the bottom. It's literally just a pay to the order of me and all that stuff. And it's got the name and it's you know, non-negotiable in six months and all that. But there's no... There's no bank info. It says Bank of America on it. But so then in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, is this a fucking scheme? So I, I could do the insurance company. Are they like floating money and sending me fake checks so they can get out of it for a couple of weeks? And also the fact that I waited two weeks makes me mad now, because if I would have done it right away, then I could I feel like I could have a complaint. But now if I call, if I call them after a month and go, hey, I tried to deposit that check. Then go, oh, did you, Mr. Moneybags? Well, I'm glad you could finally be bothered to go ahead and bring in that paltry amount that you saved on your insurance. That was so important. You called us and exchanged 47 emails like they're going to make fun of me. And I'm going to go. Yeah, that's true. I guess I should have put that check in earlier. It's like, the, you know. You, you do shit and then you, you don't think about it. And then you, it's like if you buy something from Amazon, you don't open the box. Then a week later, you open it up and it's broken. You're like, oh, man, that sucks. You contact Amazon and they're kind of like, well, because I'm waiting for them to just go, well, you've had this fucking thing for a week. Like, how did you not know it was broken? And you're like, I don't. What? I'm, don't. Why are you? Why am I on trial here? You're on trial. Attica. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. But sure enough, I I have. So I still have the check. So, so it said I had to bring it into the bank. I couldn't use it on the ATM. I had to bring it into the bank. So that's why when I said I went to the fucking bank and it was, and it was a, a villain prison, I'm like, all right, well, fuck, let's do this. So I walk in and there's the, you know, and it's so different. It's so sterile. And there's the six foot distance thing. And I approach the fucking thing and I go, Hey, how you doing? And I, I put in my card and, and she gets it and she goes to deposit it. And then she double clutches and I see her looking at it. She flips it over and sees my signature and she flips it back over. And look, I've been in that situation in a bank. You, you never, nobody wants scrutiny in the bank. Nobody wants, this is a financial transaction. Don't pretend to look at it and go, hmm. If, if, if a bank, if, that's how fucked you are. If a bank teller goes, hmm, you know you are in so much fucking trouble. And you're not going to get your money. That's the bottom line, by the way. If, if, if a fucking bank teller tilts their head like a fucking cocker spaniel and goes, hmm, you're not getting your money that day. I don't, I don't, it's not going into your account. They're not going to hand you anything. You're not getting any cash at all. And sure enough, I got the hmm. And I, and I didn't say anything because also I have a tendency to go, yeah, I know that check looks stupid, right? It almost looks fake, <laughs> but why would there be a fake check? Why would I bring a fake check during a pandemic? <laughs> oh, hello, security. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk myself into a fucking prison cell, especially in that fucking joint. They're just waiting to throw me into fucking, uh, Arkham ATM asylum and whatever the fuck. So I'm, I'm standing there and she does this thing where she looks at it and she flips it and she looks at it and she kind of flips it. And now I'm waiting for her to do the litmus configuration from fucking midnight run. Like she like De Niro, she's going to fucking get a pencil eraser and act like it's fucking something her and Groden are going to fucking shake it out. Uh, but she looks at it flips it and then looks, and then she kind of goes, you know, 
I don't, I don't think I can cash this check. And I said, really? I said, you know, I took it into the ATM and it told me I had to come in here. She goes, yeah, it, there's no, uh, there's no information here. I said, you know, I have to be honest. I thought the same thing. She goes, okay. I'm sorry. She goes, I'm not crazy. And I go, no, I go, I'm not crazy either. But, but that's what came. I go, that's what they sent me. And, and it came with the bill, you know, the, the refund, because that's a refund for redoing my insurance. She goes, yeah, there's no, I don't even have an account number or a routing number to work with. And I said, yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way, but, but I, you know, I figured I'd bring it in because now you're just admitting you're a crook. Like, hey, you know, I kind of thought the same thing. This looked like a completely counterfeit document. And yet I still came in here to try to pass it off in what is possibly the most secure building in North America. I'm, gl- I'm glad I stumbled in here to this fucking ridiculous uh, plexiglass maze that I now will not be able to find my way out of because you're going to send the fucking droogs to drag me in and fucking pry my eyes open and watch a show about why I shouldn't try to fool the bank. <laughs> I don't know, man. So she looked at me and she's just like, yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm really sorry. And she was super friendly about it. You know, she didn't, at least they didn't fucking nightstick me or whatever the fuck, which they could have done, you know, because it looked, it really looked bad. I, I walk in with this real thin piece of paper that says pay to the order of me. Hi, that's me. <laughs> I'm Mike. Uh, it just looked like I was trying to get over on everybody. And so she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, you're gonna have to contact this, this financial institution or contact the company. And, uh, which means, you know, now I got to call fucking, I don't even want to say her name, but I got to call her again. And I'm like, I can't fucking call her. I don't want to, because again, this is, this is why I'm under the radar. This is why I'm underground. This is why I'm underwater. This is why I'm, I'm under siege. I I don't want anything to, to interrupt the constant ticking of the metrosome of my life ending. All right. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything, man. But unfortunately I need this $84. So I, uh, I get right out to the bank parking lot. I climb in the old trusty Camry hybrid and I call her and I go, Hey, hi, I'm in the parking lot of the bank and the check you guys issued three weeks ago, (laughs) Uh, it wouldn't be accepted by the ATM. And so it told me I had to go into the bank. So I went into the bank and they're telling me they can't accept it because they're saying there's no financial information on it. And they're not wrong. I said, it literally just says like pay to the order of me and it has your company logo and it says Bank of America, but there's no codes or numbers or anything. So uh, I need you to reissue a check. Here's my, you know, if you want to go ahead and send it, here's that you have the address. Uh, Here's my name. I don't have the policy number because I'm sitting in my car. Uh, but yeah, whatever, whatever you got to do here to get me this check. And, um, I, you know, let me ask you, dear listener, do you, do you think I wait for a call back on that? Do you think I sit in the parking lot and go, all right, she's going to get right back to me. <laughs> Absolutely not. No fucking way. I plug in the phone. I drive. I got to do a couple more things I got to do. I get home. Uh, I get home in an hour. And by the and and by the time I get home, guess what's arrived for me? Oh, guess I, I, if you're if you're thinking to yourself, I'll bet, I'll bet it was an email. Well, holy fuck, are you correct? Yes, indeed, I got an email. And let me ask you this, uh, dear listener: think to yourself, um, hmm. Now, Mike is uh, he's certainly gone back and forth with this woman quite a bit, and uh, I'll bet 
If you're thinking to yourself, I'll bet this woman, when she heard that the check wasn't going to clear and it was a completely different animal uh, than a normal check, well, I'll bet she put the fucking wheels in motion to get Mike a check immediately. And if, uh, if there's any God above, I'm sure that check is in his hands right now. Oh, oh well, I'll tell you what, this, what I'm about to say probably is going to surprise you. Uh, but her email was, and I, here's a charitable way to say it less than fucking helpful because guess what she did? Guess what she did? She, oh, like, like number 13 of your Miami dolphins, Dan Marino, like number seven of your Denver Broncos, John Elway, like number 16 of your San Francisco 49ers or your Kansas city chiefs, Joe Montana. Like, like the great quarterbacks of your, she did exactly what she needs to do. She, uh, she passed the buck. She took a five-step drop and she threw this away as far as she could and sent me an email that said, oh, you'll have to contact the uh, the marketing department and the billing department and tell them that you've received a check that you need reissued because they're the ones who handle it. Here's the 800 number. And also, I've included your policy number since you said you didn't have it. And I'm like, man, you know what? <laughs> like now, cause now I want to find her. Cause she's also at an 800 number, right? I don't, I don't know where the fuck she is, but I just want to look her in the eye and go, Hey man, I had the policy number. I have it in my file in my house, but I'm in the bank parking lot sitting there with a worthless piece of fucking paper that you guys gave me that supposedly is worth $84 in this country and others, but they told me it wasn't. So I had to call you and now you're passing the goddamn buck to whoever the fuck is going to be this invisible face behind another 800 number. And look, I haven't had these issues with this insurance company before. Remember, I've talked about Geico. I almost I, I wanted to fight everybody at Geico. I see that scoop there. It is commercial and I recognize it for the genius that it is. But at the same time, I still have to be furious about them because they cost me a fucking vehicle, man. Uh, I'm a vehicle, man. I'm a vehicle, baby. All right. Uh, so I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, did you get the check? No, I haven't gotten the check yet. Why? Well, all right. Now, this is this part's going to be on me and I'm sure it's not going to surprise you. Uh, this happened last week. I, I haven't called the anonymous 800 number to talk to the anonymous representative who's going to send me another anonymous check that I can't cash at the anonymous bank. I know how it's going to go already. So I haven't contacted them because uh, you know why? Under the radar, baby, underground. Un- I don't. I don't want to be on anybody's screen. I don't want to call anyone. I don't ever want to be. If you get to your desk, I don't give a fuck where you work. And you've got that fucking that spindle where they stack your messages. They just smash them down in there and you got to pull them off and go, oh, Jesus, I got to call these 40 people. Guess whose name will never be in the spindle? That's me because I don't ever want to be your chore. I don't ever want to be the reason you exhale. I don't ever want to be your shrug where you go, oh, this fucking guy again. Now, look, would I be that fucking guy if you fixed the problem the first fucking time? No, I wouldn't. You think, because again, you look at it from the other side. Like, they're just like, this fucking guy won't leave us alone over 84 bucks. What the fuck, man? Fine. But, but dudes, use your fucking skull. Do you think I want to call you at the insurance company? We're all lonely from the pandemic. I mean, I I practically bonded with the woman at the bank. Just making eye contact with her was enough to send my heart a flutter and go, oh, my God, a person who recognizes I'm a sentient being. Because, again, every drive through you go to, there's no soul. Everybody's all wrapped up. Their eyes are glazed over. Everybody's got fucking goggles on. It's like it's (laughs) 
literally as if everybody who waits on you is as, it's as if Michael Phelps was in a fucking burn accident and he had to be wrapped in gauze and wear goggles because it's like these these fucking people they don't want to get near you they don't want to breathe on you or breathe with you and I get it so when you make when I went to the bank and I had this fucking connection with this lady just just to say hi and she was polite and it was friendly that was nice but I don't I still don't want that I don't I don't want to be on your radar I don't want to be seen I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I don't don't want to make an effort. What the fuck is effort, right? Effort is so overrated. Let the world come to you. There's a term in like football where they're like, you know what? He takes what the defense gives him. He lets the game come to him. That's what I want to do. I just want to hide in my apartment. Let life come to me. I'll take what life gives me. And I'll let the, and now look, are those the quarterbacks who make the hall of fame? No, they're the quarterbacks who go eight and eight. Do I want to be a guy who goes eight and eight? I really don't. But I have to admit at the age of 53, there is some appeal in a 500 record. I've talked about it before in football metaphors where I say, look, man, I'm taking a knee and running out the clock here until the fucking Grim Reaper comes. Now, look, it's not that bad. Okay. I'm not rooting for death. I'm not planning to go anywhere anytime soon, but at the same fucking time, I, I don't mind watching everything happen. But also at the same time, then I do that. I'm furious at myself because I'll catch a look at myself in the mirror and go, you are a failure. What's happening, man? And I'll walk away. And and everybody's like, oh, you got to be kind to yourself. And again, the five I've, I've talked about the four agreements where they, where they you know, you got to be kind to yourself, be true with your word impeccable with your word, all those things. And and it's all I do believe in it. I do believe in all those things. But there's also there's there's a, a lazy fucking chunk from the goonies or no sloth whatever the fuck his name was there's two of them right i don't know who's the who's the guy with the fucked up head who looks like somebody hit him with a tennis racket i think that's sloth i never saw the goonies goonies is overrated every time that comes on twitter everybody's like oh my god goonies assemble or whatever the fuck it is people like the goonies and the sandlot any of those movies with kids i hated them even when i was a kid the only movie i liked with kids was charlie and the chocolate factory and that's because all the kids died i was like all right cool i'm on board with this you act like a fuckhead and you get turned into a small TV guy and then you're finished. Oh, look at you. You're a blueberry. Suck on that. Oh, you fell down the goose fucking trap door. Ha ha. Now you're going to get goose raped. Take that. Oh, I want it now. Really? You know what you're going to get? Fucking piles of goose cock rampaged inside you. Although she's a kid. I shouldn't say this. Um, but the, all the kids died in that movie. So I was like, yay. But I, all these people, I don't know if people were like, because when I ever hear about the Sandlot, oh my God, I love the Sandlot. Fuck the Sandlot. Ooh, little big league. It's about a kid who breaks his arm and then he pitches in the major leagues. Stupid. Makes no fucking sense. He would get fucking railed, tattooed, fucking blasted. What the hell is my phone? My phone is doing, <laughs> that was you too. Why is my phone going off? That makes no sense. Ah, uh, see, I had gotten through the show unscathed. Everything was fine. And now I got to start the whole thing over. All right, I got to erase this and start over. What if I did? Uh... <laughs> so, so man, I don't, I don't like any of those little kid movies that everybody talks about where they're like, oh, the Sandlot, oh, this, oh, the Goonies, fuck you, Goonies, Goonie, Goonie Patrol or Goonie Dance. What do they have? There's some bullshit thing that they do. The Mighty Ducks, fuck you, under, underdog hockey team, get fucked, Emilio Estevez. I did none of that shit's for me. And, and even, even when I was a kid, man, I didn't dig that stuff. Uh, stand by me. Yes. Brilliant. All right. I gotta, I gotta admit stand by me. And I loved it. I actually loved the first it, the second it, <sighs> uh, but the first it was great. I dug it even though I, and then I talked to fucking Max cause Max is like a, a big Stephen King guy. Right. And I'm like, dude, I just saw it. 
and the theater and it was fucking great. Like it's really fun because it was an old school fucking horror movie with scares and crazy shit. Uh, and then he watched it and he was furious. He was furious at me. He was mad at Stephen King. He hated clowns for some reason. I'm like, what the fuck, man? He's like, well, here's the thing. And, you know, everybody in their world has this thing that they're nerdy about. Like, I, I, I'd have to really think about what it is with me. Um, it might be Tarantino movies, it might be baseball, it might be Van Halen. I don't know where where I can go. Well, he actually, you know, everybody has that topic in their life. And for Max, it's fucking Stephen King. Like he's he's read all the books, he loves them, he knows every goddamn fucking plot point. He was so fucking mad at the Dark Tower, he was furious. And uh, and then the same thing happened with it. He's just like. They made, they turned it into Freddy. They fucking did this and they did that. And there's this other fucking plot thing that they didn't do. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, all right. I don't know. I liked it. It was a scary movie. And I got to grab a girl's thigh, the entire film. And she held my forearm. It was fun. You know what I mean? It was very much a date movie. I dug it. And he, but he, you know, he's dug into his fucking bat cave and he's watching it in the dark and he's going, <laughs> it reminds me, there's one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite cartoons ever was, uh, in, you know, life is hell by Matt Groening. Uh, the rabbit is watching Jeopardy. <laughs> And um, it was something like uh, at Burger King, you can have it your it's a it literally cartoon balloons like, you know, the little thought bubbles. And so Trebek's is uh, at, and I'm, I'm making it up. It's this is not the question, but it was uh, at Burger King. You can have it your and then the rabbit says way. And the guy on TV says uh, request and the, <laughs> and the rabbit goes idiot. Those prizes are rightfully mine. And whenever I think of Max being mad at Stephen King, I think of the rabbit from Life in Hell going, idiot, those prizes are rightfully mine. He's furious. Um, and Because I'm like that about things, too. Like when people chili dip Tarantino stuff or they get stuff wrong or whatever. Or they, oh, yeah, I, I like that movie because I really like Mr. Mr. Puce. It's like, oh, there's no Mr. Puce. Uh, there's a Mr. Purple. And you're not Mr. Purple. Some guy in some other job is Mr. Purple. You're Mr. Pink. Uh, but when people get the basic things wrong, like I, and look, everybody's given up. We all know this. All of society has been drained of its fucking uh, gumption and wherewithal, uh, because you'll see it in texting, destroyed communication. We've talked about it before where people just like, they use the letter R instead of, are you going instead of A-R-E? Uh, everybody writes, everybody, everybody texts in rebuses now. Everything's a fucking rebus. You know, you're trying to talk to somebody. You're like, Hey man, what, what's the plan for tonight? And they send you like an ampersand and an ice cream cone and a fucking uh, a duck. And you're like, what the fuck does this mean, man? But you're supposed to figure the shit out because they 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 can't be bothered to spell words anymore. Nobody can be bothered to spell words. And I go like I live in comment sections. And why you're like, why do you read the comments? Well, you know why? Because what? Do, because as long as I'm reading the comments, I don't have to record a show. Look at me avoiding work. So I'll go to this sports site and I read the comments and. I mean, look, we all know you're and you're and they're there and there. You know, those are common mistakes that people still don't fucking fix. But then they'll they'll mess up the names like there's it's Soldier Field in Chicago. It's Soldier Field. So people will still call it Soldier's Field. They call it Soldier's Field all the time. And uh, and I'm and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? What do I do here? Do I do I find them all and kill them? Like that would be a good person to be a killer for. Like if you wanted to go ahead and say, you know what? Just, just to teach people fucking lessons, just to go, hey, man, you know what? You can't do this shit. There's rules in society. There's words and things have names. You have to use the proper names for these things. Don't dead name Soldier Field with your Soldier's Field bullshit. People died to name this building, you fuck. How dare you? You can't drop a consonant. That's it. Some dude got shot in the face in Korea so they could name this building and you can't and you got to fucking generate an extra consonant and disrespect this motherfucker. You're going to disrespect Sergeant Mac York 
from fucking Columbus, Ohio, who went to Korea and got and and you know, collected lighters and ears off of his fucking enemies and couldn't wait to get home and hug his kid and have all sorts of fucking nightmares about what he did in the jungle. And yet, unfortunately, he ate a lead salad and never came back. And now he's fertilizing the ground in fucking in Pyongyang or whatever the fuck. And now you are going to talk about going to Soldier's Field and disrespect this fucking sergeant who wound up. He gave it all for you. Didn't you almost wish he had it all? He gave it all. That dude gave it all for you. Fucking Sergeant. Did I say Mac King? That's a fucking magician in, in, in Vegas or whatever the fuck. Mac York? Did I say Mac York? I mean, is it Sag, Sergeant York? I don't know what I said. I barely know what I did. Because I'm under the radar, folks. That's who I am. I'm a guy. I, you don't want to see me. If you see me coming, it's trouble. If, if, you, if I ever have to reach out to you for an issue or a problem, that means things have gone horribly awry because you know me. I would much rather be hiding in a closet. I, I would rather be just under a stack of bedding. Oh, you know, you got the princess and the pea. I'm the pea. I'm under the mattresses, man. I, you, I, you're not going to squish me. I like it. I, you know what I want on top of me? A princess. That's all I want. I just want body weight on top of me and five mattresses. That's fine. As long as nobody sees me. This is, I cannot, and I've said this before, and you know this about me, and yet I feel the need to reiterate it. Do you, do you know the unfettered joy I feel when I'm sitting in my apartment with the blinds closed and, and nobody can see in, but I can hear them out in the courtyard. I can hear them either trimming a shrub or, or talking or doing their laundry or walking, skidding back and forth or, or even driving. If I hear people driving on the road. I, I, I love to hide from people, from life, everything. And I would talk to Shannon about it. And I I know there has to be some bigger reason. And, and maybe, I don't know if Shannon was equipped to, to get to the, the bigger picture, the larger meaning, whatever it was for why I, I want to hide so badly from the world. But in reality, I yeah, and then I do a show. I'm in a public thing, and I whatever the fuck. I, it's it's. I know it's all strange, but but that that feeling of being, you know, I talked about it when I used to sneak around as a kid. You'd be sneaky, or you wouldn't be seen, or nobody knew. Someone didn't know you were there, or they didn't notice you. And I don't know if that's something about growing up in a large family and not having a parental supervision, or I, I don't know. There's there has to be some fucking Jenga log you can pull out of that stack to make it all come down and make sense. I don't know why I love the idea of not being seen or noticed, but I, I, I under the radar, man, under the radar. I'm, I want to be under a top sheet, under a, a, a throw cover, under a quilt, under a, a fucking duvet. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Don't look for me. I'm hiding, man. So I, you know, so now I got this check lurking I, and I, I, so I, I have not called the other 800 number. I have not called that person because that's just, that's just another person I have to let into my life. That's another person who gets a glimpse into my fucking crazy. And that's also no doubt just another person that's going to send me a passive aggressive email telling me what to do instead of really helping me instead of truly helping me and getting my problem solved. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, you're a lazy fuckhead and you know, you probably want them to do all the work. Would that be nice? Yes, it would. But also at the same time, 
I'm a functioning adult. My bills are paid. I do the things I need to do. Well, let's not talk about taxes. But I mean, I, other than that, I'm I'm okay. All right. I all my bills are paid. I got it made in the shade, and all I really need is the woman. Understand? Uh, so I I can I can do these things when I have to. But the point is, it's got to be when I have to. I mean, I I have to be backed up against the fucking wall at the point of an insurance bayonet that finally says, all right, you want your $84? Fight for it. Because it's $84. Bucks. It's $84. Because then I extrapolated it. I'm like, all right, what's that? Like, so that's seven bucks a month I saved? All right, I guess that's okay. Uh, and then I went, and here's the thing, because I didn't like the savings. I didn't, I didn't care for the deal that I was given by this woman. But I, I hate the hassle so much. I'm under the radar so much that I just said yes. I didn't call her. I didn't explore it. I didn't bat around any fucking other solutions. I just went, yes, this is fine. I'll save $84. Uh, but in reality, I'm pissed still. I'm mad about it. So how will I handle it? Well, when, when it comes up for renewal next year, I will change. I'll call other companies, but I don't want to do that. Oh my God. And I think I have to think that companies are built on the premise that they know that they're everybody in the world is like me. They don't want to talk to the insurance guy. I have a buddy, Chip, who would, he loved it. I told you, he made extra money by getting people to hire him to call and negotiate their fucking direct TV or their bills and shit like that. He he would, you know, you'd give him a couple of bucks and he'd get your bill knocked off. He'd, he'd, he'd and, he, and he advertised it and it worked. And I mean, some people, they love it. I, it's like those people are like, oh my God, I love negotiating for a car. I love the back and the forth. I love being in the room and sweating it out. And it's like, oh no, thank you. I don't. I don't want to talk to anybody with a gold tooth about what I should be getting as far as power steering. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need to talk to you about the radio or this fucking thing. Or, oh, does it come with satellite radio? Well, some models do, but yours doesn't. I'm sorry. Sign here. Uh, can I get satellite radio? Well, that's a whole other discussion. Let me tear up this 47 page contract and print out another one. I'll be back in an hour. Fuck you under the radar. Under the, under the sea. I want to be that guy. I want to be that fucking talking crab who wants to bone that fucking mermaid. That's it. So I want to be under the sea. And eventually she's going to turn into a fucking chick and walk away with a prince. And then I'm off jerking off my crab cock underneath the fucking sea thinking about her mermaid nonsense. I can still smell her. (laughs) That's what he's going to say. Under the sea. I can still smell Ariel. She has left me. Under the sea. (laughs) <laughs> I've never seen that movie. All right. Um, is that what happens? I, it's a Disney movie. So I'm going to say my money's on. That's not what happens. I don't think the term crab cock has ever shown up in a Disney movie. You never know. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think it has. Um, see, look at us doing a show. Isn't this great? Like old times are back together. I'm talking. You're listening. Uh, see, you don't, you don't get this nearly enough. These days are fading. Please, you know what? Hold them close. Grip this, white knuckle the shit out of this fucking show and hold it to your chest and go, here's Mike creating shows during the pandemic when nothing's happening in his life except him hiding from everybody in the world. Uh, you know, I reached out to John, my trainer, and even John is like, this is fucking weird. Like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I can't. He's like, hey, I think I'm going to go talk to the guy at the gym and see about getting started. And I'm like, good, let me know. And this is five days ago. But I will tell you this. He texted me when I was in Denver. I haven't texted him since. I mean, it took a month for me to return texts to this. And this is a guy I used to text with every day. And uh, 
And I say to him, I'm like, man, I'm really sorry. And he's like, that's okay. I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm like, I, you know what, dude? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And I don't know if you guys are all feeling this because again, like, you know, I, I did a big thing. I talked a month ago. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait to hug people. I can't wait to see people. I can't wait. I, I, I genuinely considered the second vaccination day as, as a rebirth day. I'm like, here we go, man. Time to seize the, seize the fucking day. And here we are a month out from it. And I, I've just, I've gone back into what I've been the past year because there's comfort in cocooning. You can, you can take solace in silence and not having to do anything. And it's, it's a weird way to live. It's a weird way to be. And, and, uh, and I'm trying to fight through it. And I tell you now, I I will do what I can. I, I, and you're oh, so, so this is, you know what? This was the larger point at hand. Uh, I talked about how, when I don't do a show, you know, when the, the show has a floating release date and people reach out to me and they'll send me texts and they say, I hope you're okay. I hope you're good. I hope things are fine. And, and that's people reaching out to say, Hey man, you know, we care about you. And, and I recognize that. And I love everybody who does it. And, and anybody who gives me a thought, please know you're in mine. And, uh, and it makes me, it heartens me. Now, do I behave properly? No. Like I said, I don't, I don't answer them because instead of seeing it as them reaching out and caring about me, I I look at them as keeping an eye on me and, and wondering why my work's not done. Now that's my own problem. That's what's inside of me. And that's what manifests itself. And, and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, if you know, that's the way it is, why don't you just not do that? Yes. Wouldn't that be grand? I would love to, because I am, I am, you know, I just had this discussion with somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely self-aware. You know, I know the things that are wrong. I know the things that I'm doing are wrong or the things that I've done that are wrong. And, and I know when my head is trying to, to betray me and yet I still let it because there's comfort in letting it do so. I find comfort in letting my head keep me down. It's weird. It's strange. It doesn't make sense, I'm sure, but it's it's real. I have to acknowledge it. And you would think that by acknowledging it, I could go ahead and defeat it. Well, yeah, but then you have to be ready to go ahead and fight. And as I've mentioned to you before, I'm I'm hiding under fucking I, I I'm at the bottom of your fucking seven layer dip. I'm the plate. I'm not even in the dip. I'm the fucking plate. Underground, man, under the radar. That's where you're gonna find me. And it's easier to be under the radar than fight. It just is. I wish that wasn't the case, but people reach out. And, and so I don't respond in a timely fashion. I don't say to them, yes, I'm fine or I'm good or thank you. Inevitably, what I respond, I'll go, look, yes, I get it. I know I haven't done the show yet and I'm really sorry. I will get to it. And they're just like, that's not why I'm writing you. I'm writing you to see that you're okay. You know, I don't give a flying fuck about the show. I mean, I do, but I don't. I just want to make sure you're all right. And that's what people do and say. And, and also people will tire of your act. You know what I mean? If you go, oh man, I'm sorry. I really got to get going. I really got to do it. And da, da, da. And then people will finally just go, yeah, I, I was just reaching out to see if you're all right. And then they, because I can twist it in a way where I make it look like that they're supervising me rather than in love or, you know, or showing love or care for me, uh, that will be exhausting to people. And I recognize this. We've talked about this so many times. Holy fuck. But, uh, but people reach out to me. And, I, and it's, and they're very kind and I don't answer them promptly. And I feel terrible about it because again, answering them promptly has to acknowledge my mistakes. If someone says, Hey man, how you doing? I literally have to go, man, I haven't done the show yet. I'm sorry. 
because that's what I'm thinking about myself. I, every second the show isn't done, I'm angry at myself for not having the show done. Please know this. Please know that that's, that, is, that is where I'm at. <laughs> and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, then why don't you just do the show? Oh, wouldn't that be grand? You're right. I should just do the show. But then, uh, you know, trying to, to swim back to the surface is exhausting sometimes. So people reach out and they're very kind. But uh, what I was saying to you is, again, it's been almost two weeks. Tomorrow will be two weeks because you're hearing this on Monday. Uh, tomorrow will be two weeks since I released the show. So I actually missed a week without an interlude, with no content, with no footprint. And that's not me. Because as you know, I'm, I'm always terrified that if I do that, you will all go away. Everybody will split. And, uh, and as much as I can say, oh man, there's comfort in being alone. It's great to hide. I want to be alone. Well, no, because one of the reasons I can, I've been afforded the opportunity to be alone is because this show allows me to reach out to everybody at once. And also this show affords the opportunity for people to support me financially. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why I can hide in my apartment is because this show covers my bills, this and Twitch and uh, people are very kind, you know, Patreon and Twitch and stuff like that. So it, um, so, so doing this show keeps that life afloat, the life of not having to go to ask somebody to please let me sweep their floors for money. <laughs> I'm able to go ahead and do this instead because you're all very kind and generous and you, you, you know, and, and, in, it's a contract, you know, it's essentially a contract in, in return for your investment of time and financial compensation. Uh, I provide this, I provide a show, I provide me talking into a microphone, doing my best to be as entertaining as I possibly can. And I do this weekly. Well, now, like I said, you're hearing this Monday. So tomorrow is Tuesday and that'll be two weeks. And so I missed a week and, uh, and I will tell you this in that two weeks, Nobody reached out. Nobody texted. Nobody wrote on social media. Hey, you okay? Hey, where's the show? Hey, what's going on? And Jesus Christ, that's a dangerous thing for me. Because that means that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dispensable. I'm, I'm in the rearview mirror, so to speak. Because I, it's my, and it's my fault. It's nothing to do with you guys, but I've conditioned you that if the show comes out, then cool, the show will come out, but you don't know when it's going to come out yet. And it'll come out eventually, but you know, oh, well. And, and so if I say I give myself permission to fail, well, I've now given you permission to ignore me by skipping a week and not putting out a show and that, and, and that fucking devastates me. That makes me even more angry at myself for what I've done. And, and I'm not, this is no big revelation where I'm like, please forgive me, boo, it won't happen again. Because uh, you and I both know that for the past year I've been saying, all right, we'll fix this. We'll, gra- we'll get it. We'll take care of it. And, uh, and this week represents, this, this time period of two weeks represents the, the greatest gap I've ever had between shows. You know, usually I'd even put up a, a, a an older show. I've done that in the past or the interlude. But this this is 13 days without a fucking show, man. And that's that's red light fucking danger territory for me. 
It can't be that way because that breaks the social construct that you and I have where I'm going to be here. I've always said, if you're listening, I'm fucking talking. And uh, the flip side of that is if I'm not talking, you're not fucking listening. And then maybe you'll realize that you don't need to listen and you don't need me. And, uh, and that any number, any single one of the hundreds of people surrounding you on the trading floor with their white piece of paper going, notice me, sell, buy, 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 listen to me, can grab your attention and leave me holding unsold slips and a lot of worthless stock in myself. And again, nothing to do with you. That's on me. And and words are cheap. You know, I, uh, I've i told you before it'll be different or this or that, all of these things. I, I will say to you that I've been having difficulty finding motivation to do anything. Some of you may be able to relate to that. Some of you may just scoff because it's like, what do you do? You're talking to a fucking microphone. Who cares? Get just do it. And I, I you're right. I should Nike the shit out of this stuff. There's no doubt. But it's it it gets to be uh I I I the more I think about it, the more I, I tell myself I need to do it, the the further I, I climb away from it and I hide. And I, and look, this is all neither here nor there. This is just jerking off this fucking point. The bottom line is, like I said, I, I want to tell you that it'll be fine. I want to tell you that I, I'm going to be great going forward and everything's going to be okay. And I mean it. I do mean that. I say it. You know, this show's coming out on Monday. All right. There will be a show this Thursday. I to reboot the Thursday schedule. There will be a show. Will it will it be good? Let's fucking hope so. Right. Cross our fucking fingers and let's hope it's less of this. Uh. Doing this is the, is the, when, when I finish a show for the week, do you know the, I could float, I could float because I've made this such a big chore, such a big burden in my fucking head. And then when it's done and I know it's great, all that stuff about the Pied Piper last week made me laugh my fucking balls off. I, I, and again, but here's the problem. Like then I'm like, God damn, I'm the fucking talent. I listened to that fucking show. It was great. But then people are just like, it wasn't that good. It's just you ranting about the fucking Pied Piper. Who the fucking care? Who the fuck cares? And you're like, yeah, all right, I guess so. I'm not, I'm not this guy or I'm not that girl or I'm not as funny as these other people or I'm not that good. You know what I mean? Like, and you know what's funny? There's nobody providing that counter voice. There's nobody who's like, I'm the one who'll be like, man, I'm the fucking talent. God damn. I'm fucking hysterical. Holy shit. That fucking Pied Piper nonsense that came out of my head. I made that shit up out of fucking whole cloth. And then in my brain, I'll go, yeah, but people are like, ah, fuck that dude. Come on. That's not it. So what you talked about the Pied Piper. What does that mean? But in my head, I'll be like, dude, I create a fucking two hour comedy show every fucking week out of my fucking brain. I do a two hour comedy album every week for 13 years. And then I'm like, so fucking what? There's people fucking building houses. There's people fucking in the in the desert right now, face down, waiting to shoot a guy. What the fuck? What are you good to? And and so I I never need to be told those things by an external source because that external source doesn't exist. I can say there's a counter argument to me feeling good about the things that I create all the time because the counter argument lives inside me. I will create the alter the other voice. I will create the viewpoint that flies directly into the face of me being good. How the fuck am I both guys on the seesaw? 
<laughs> I mean, I have a Tyler Durden, but he's not trying to wake me up. He is trying to keep me asleep. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is my life. And it is ending one minute at a time. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can find me where else? Follow Instagram and Snapchat. Look at me telling you all these places I'm not active on, but you can still sign up to follow me. And every time I do this speech at the end of every single show that I do, I think to myself, it's going to be really different this time. You know what? This is the week I do some Snapchats. This is the week I venture into TikTok. This is the week I make this happen. Well, just like I'm telling you this, I'm telling you that there's a show this Thursday. We will get rebooted and right back on the horse. Uh, I'm telling you that I will do a, I will do an Instagram. I will do a Snapchat and I will do a, a TikTok this week. How about that? You don't care. And that's totally fine. And nobody cares. And that, well, uh, you care. Everybody cares, but not about this, but still who cares? All right. So anyway, you can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I'm Mike four zero Y O B at all those places. Mike four zero Y O B follow me there, please find me. And I, I will reward you. Reward is a very strong word. I'll put up a photo on Instagram. I'll, I'll do stuff. You do, you, you know, that's all that matters. See me do stuff, right? You want to see stuff? I'll be part of it. Um, I will come out from under the radar this week in those, in those places for you. Um, <laughs> all right. So here you go. Um, I've lost my own train of thought. All right. So find me anyway, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I'm in all those places. Um, like I'm, I'm, did I, I'm wondering if there's threads that I didn't close. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I'll be here on the other side of whatever the fuck commercial is going to happen. And we'll be happy, right? Won't that be good? Um, our buddy David Hernandez has a podcast. Uh, he's got an art company. He's got uh, an independent business. He's just a very busy guy. He's the best in the world. He's the best around. Uh, that's another one too. I, you know, I talk about the Goonies and all that bullshit. You know what, man? Fuck Karate Kid. Yes, I liked it when I was a kid. I, I don't need to see them now. Nobody, everybody's like, oh, dude, have you seen Cobra Kai? Like, it's like, what if the guys from Karate Kid grew up and we're still the guys from Karate Kid? And I'm like, I, I'm not gonna begrudge anybody a fucking paycheck. I, I, I'm happy that Macho and the other idiot make as much cash as they possibly can, but that's not anything I want to see. I, I don't, I don't. Uh, grow up. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. <laughs> it sounds bad. I'm saying it to myself. I'm not saying it to you guys. I just, I, I never, I didn't watch Karate Kid 1 and think to myself, oh my God, you know, oh, I, I, I apologize. Let me take this back. I watched Karate Kid 1 and I was like, that's great. That's awesome. I wonder if they'll do a Karate Kid 2. And then I watched Karate Kid 2 and I was like, all right, I think I'm pretty much, and I, I think I watched Karate Kid 3 with the chick. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. I don't, you don't need any more Karate Kid. I don't need a deeper dive into the Karate Kid universe. Certainly, I always enjoy seeing skeletons karate fight in the moonlight. There's nothing wrong with that. That's something I like to have. It's a, it's a wonderful memory from childhood. But now I'm, I'm, I'm a half a century old. I can't imagine wondering what Sensei Kreese is doing. I, I just can't. I can't, I don't know why that would even mean anything to me or my life. And I know it's because we're all just, we're all just, our lives are ending a minute at a time and we're all just trying to salve the wounds before death. 
and and nostalgia is really i told you nostalgia and pussy run the world and and rightfully fucking so you know you hear some old song and then you're like oh my god i remember when i did this and i did that and then she was there and this and the other thing and at 53 i can tell you man when you look back you're just like because because once you realize you're never going back it's the it's really fucking devastating i know it shouldn't be you know, you should take solace in your wife and your kids and your job and your happiness. And, and all of those things are great. You can absolutely find complete contentment in what you have now. But if you ever sit and think, you know, you can reminisce about your memories, but then there are roads that were divergent that you didn't take. There are paths you never went down and you can't help but wonder what would have happened or what would have changed. And you can tell me you're thrilled with your life now and you've made all the right life choices and that's great. But you you get a couple of belts of scotch in you and and you turn the dimmer switch down in the lamp and you're in your comfortable living room and you're thinking to yourself, this is not my beautiful house and this is not my beautiful wife and it wouldn't have been if I'd have somehow chosen to major in this instead. Or what if that time at the bar I did this or what if my ex did that or what if I had this dog and he went here or what if I, you know what I mean? There's, there's this, the putting, going back, and disassembling and reassembling the puzzle of your life is a powerful drug and will also drive you insane. And and I cannot tell you how many times I have taken that puzzle out and built it in a different fashion in my brain. It's it's overwhelming. Uh all right. So our friend David, he's a very talented man. Uh, and I wanted to say, oh, thank you to Ryan for doing the web stuff. And of course, KC, who has handled a lot of the YouTube stuff. I have to reach out to KC, actually. Uh, I say that every week. It's a running joke. Don't yell at me, uh, especially you, KC. Please don't yell at me. Um, but David, he does. Uh, first of all, go be his friend at Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Can you hear the beeping? Again, this is what happens when you don't have a professional studio when you're sitting at a fucking desk. Somebody's backing up. What if what if the next thing you heard was like a huge crash and a guy backed a truck up into my living rooms? You know, that would be fucking awesome. That would be well worth hearing the beeping. Uh, the, the beeping in the background. Just think of it like the cowbell in fucking Reaper. All right. It's just there. Uh, I got to have more beeping. Rock could be wearing gold plated diapers. Uh, <laughs> cock and a walk, baby. Fucking walking is the linchpin of that sketch. He's so underrated in that sketch because Farrell's amazing. The bell is awesome. Parnell is fucking perfect as Buck Dharma. Uh, and I, even as much as I hate Fallon, I have to admit him laughing and, and making Catan laugh and Horatio, all of them. It's just, it's a great sketch, but walking doesn't break. That's the best part about him. Cock of the walk, baby. Uh, all right. So David Hernandez, uh, who can do Christopher Walken, and I cannot. Uh, Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and be his friend there. You'll see all the cool things that he's done for himself, for you. That's right, for you. This man died for your sins. Uh, check out his page at Facebook. He's got a closed group. First of all, become his friend at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Then join the closed group. It's called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And it's a bunch of people making fun of the world. Oh, I'll tell you what. The world deserves it. That, the world's just out there right now. Just it's a, it's a wood chipper, as I've mentioned. It's a bear trap. It's waiting to snare you in. And, uh, and Max and his merry band of pranksters point their fingers and laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And they make they put life in its place. So you should go ahead and join the group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Please join that. And then also, uh, as I've mentioned, David does art. 
He used to do all the artwork for this show. He did amazing things. You can go to the Westside 86 Jokers fan club and see his uh, past artwork there. Also, if you become his friend, go to his photos, and then he's got it all compartmentalized, all the stuff he used to do for this show. Uh, he, he would do a weekly thing, pretty cool watercolors, stuff for Westside 86 Jokers. It's all there, man. It's all there for you to peruse. Go check it out. Get it into your life. And get to thinking about his artwork. Get to really thinking about it. Why? Well, I'll tell you in just a second. But first, I'm going to tell you this. The man has a podcast. Yes, he does. It's called The Psychedelic Duck. Why did that pop into my head? I don't know why that... uh, That literally just popped into my head. The Psychedelic Duck. Just because the phrase phlegm... Like psychedelic sounded like it looked like phlegm with the P and the H, whatever the fuck, who cares? Uh, the phlegm cat podcast is our friend David's podcast. It's available right now in the iTunes store. <clears throat> the phlegm cat podcast. Now that's two words. Phlegm cat P H L E G M C A T podcast. It's available right now in the iTunes store. It's got, uh, it's got songs and it's got stories and it's got fuzz pedals and it's got fucking, snaggle fuck the weird it's got all oh, it's got a talking refrigerator i believe it's got everybody you would need anybody who've seen in the in the closed group can sometimes make an appearance anything can happen Oop, and it usually does uh that was a song i can't remember what it was from saturday morning cartoon when i was a kid i don't know um but go join the group and go listen to the podcast. The Flemcat podcast is available on Spotify. It's available wherever you find your finer podcasts in the Apple podcast space, or the iTunes store. Uh, go subscribe and listen and write him a note and tell him he's great and listen to his fucking amazing songs. And he sings and he's so good. And uh, he's the guy you want on your radar. Go ahead and check him out, man. The Flemcat podcast available now wherever you find your finer podcasts. And like I said, he does all this artwork that he does for his own podcast that he does for uh, Facebook. You can see it all on there. And if you want to do artwork for you, what's this? Yes, that's right. I know you think to yourself, there's no way I can reach out and reach out and touch someone like this genius, but you can. You can reach out, reach out and just say thank you to our buddy, David, and hire him to do, he, look, he'll do your Facebook caricature. He'll do a, a small postage stamp, stamp sized uh, artwork. He'll do a big eight by 10. He'll do a giant canvas if you want to pay for it. That's the thing. You got the green. He'll make the scene, man. He's got brushes. He's got paint and he's got patience. He's got all the patience in the fucking world to take your money and make you something awesome. And it will be awesome. He works in watercolors. He can work in oils. He can work in whatever medium you want him to. You want him to make. Do you want him to make a bust of you? Let me ask you this right now. Would you want him to make a clay bust of you that you would then put in your living room? That then your housekeeper would come home in the dark and hit with a purse because she'd be terrified that it was an intruder. He will do that for you, if only to get the business to reconstruct another bust and charge you the same price. He's a businessman above all, all above anything else. The man's a businessman. So hire him to do your artwork. Go ahead and listen to his podcast. Oh, wait. And also check out his website. The man has a website. Is there anything this man can't do? I don't think so. Go check out his website. Artbydmh.com. That is A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. to the bees in my head Too loud so I surrender instead I 
But I can't hear 
Make sure you buy everything those people want you to buy. And whatever those sponsors are, are offering, please buy all of it. I don't know if it's real estate. I don't know if it's condoms. <clears throat> I, I literally, I don't, I don't know. As I mentioned last week, those sponsors are always a mystery to me, but I could certainly hope that you go ahead and patronize them because it keeps the lights on over here. Uh, and lights are overrated. I like the dark. Um, what was it? Spider-Man, turn on the dark. Spider-Man, turn on the dark, right? That's from uh, Broadway. Ah, God knows Spider-Man should be on Broadway, right? Shouldn't he be dancing around, pointing at himself, showing his buttocks in a tight spider suit? Uh, you know, we have sponsors of our own, not just those uh, those invisible, nondescript sponsors. Well, I don't want to say they're nondescript. Certainly, they're indiscriminate because they're on this fucking show. They don't discriminate. They're happy to be here. Uh, no, there, there are those sponsors, certainly, who are part of the Misfit Toys Co-op, which I'll get into a little bit more in a second, and I'll tell you about going forward, but... Uh, we have our own sponsor. That's right. Uh, another podcast, if you will, our great friends over at the paranoid strain. Why well, I already mentioned fearful Jesuit in the show earlier, uh, our great friends at the paranoid strain, fearful Jesuit and his friend, Dana unicorn, his lovely sidekick, his wonderful and talented sidekick. She's there as well. And their new episode is up. What? What? Yes, it is. They're talking about secret societies. They're tearing the lid off. If you will, they're blowing the lid. Uh, they're blowing the lid off. Nookie as Albert Brooks would say in broadcast news, uh, but they're also not talking about Nookie at all. They're talking about secret societies. Uh, this is the third episode in, I don't know how many there will be, maybe seven, six, eight. It's, it doesn't matter. There's so much to talk about with secret societies. Uh, our friend fearful Jesuit could do it forever. He could stretch it out and talk about it. It's, it's fucking King Arthur and the Holy Grail, man. You guys know what that is. Uh, by the way, I didn't know what the Holy Grail was until listening to the show. I mean, I knew what it was. I thought it was, it was a chalice or whatever, a cup or whatever the fuck. Um, but, but Jesuit makes reference to it on the show. And he said, it's known, well known that it is a cup or a plate that held Jesus's blood. Uh, so I knew it was a cup. I didn't know about the Jesus's blood thing. I guess that's what makes it holy. But also the very idea that the grail could be a plate strikes me as odd. I don't know. Jesus is like, here, this is my blood drink it. And then he puts it in a plate and Judas is like, what the fuck, man? There's a cup right there. So now we got to lap this off a plate like a dog. Was that Jesus playing a prank on the other 12 dudes? He's like, ah, you guys, Luke, get over here. Lick this up. And they're like, Wait a minute. What? And he's like, I'm the fucking savior, baby. And they're like, all right. And then they walk over and they have to lick it off the plate. And he's like, ah, you did it. And then he puts it in a cup for everybody else. That's all it was. I love the idea of the holy plate. Uh, they threw that away though. The grail. Cause again, it was a cup and everybody's like, all right, the grail's the real story. But at that dinner, Jesus initially put his blood on a plate and said, lick this up. You Johnny, get over here. John's like, what are you talking about? You Johnny fucking wafers. Get over here. Johnny wafers comes over. He's like, lick it up off the plate. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? Put it in a cup. There's a cup right there. Johnny fucking wafers. Lick it up off the plate. He's like, all right, lap, lap. Ha ha. Johnny stupid. All right. Judas get the, get the fucking gat. Wipe these guys out. I don't know why Jesus is a gang leader, but he is. 
Uh, so I learned that about the Holy Grail. I didn't know it. And I also, I learned this phrase moistened bent. I, I, I didn't even, I don't know what that is. And I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. Let's put it that way. You got to listen to the fucking show. Uh, this is about the crusades and the Knights Templar. Uh, I will say this though, in this secret society thing, this is the third time I've heard a third episode. Uh, and in other episodes previous, uh, fearful Jesuit really has a problem with Dan Brown. What the hell, man? Jesus Christ. The guy successfully wrote a book that people liked, whether you liked it or not is in fucking, no, no, I was going to say inconclusive. No, it's conclusive. He fucking hates it. He may, he tears the guy apart in every episode. Uh, look, man, in this one, you're going to hear about the Byzantines. You're going to hear about the Persians. You can hear about the Muslims and the Christians and the Seljuks and the Fatimids and the Caliphates and the, the Frankish armies. And uh, you'll get to play the lightning round. You'll get to hear the, hear the term rife with bandits, which is nice. Uh, and this is I will say this. You will learn this about the episode. I've mentioned he keeps taking shots at Dan Brown yet. Yet he loves Dan Jones. So he is. It's not. Don't think you can boil it down to just Jesuits got a problem with all the Dans. No, 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 no. He may hate a Dan Brown, but the man loves a Dan Jones. You'll hear the phrase, a general wave of piety, which I enjoyed. Uh, and I also in 1119, uh, Bernard of, of Clairvaux was involved with Hugh de Palais making an army of warrior monks. Just the, and, and I know that's where Fearful Jesuit found the, the inspiration for this show and the compound. He's like, hey, nobody since fucking Hugh de Palais has made an army of warrior monks. It's about time somebody stepped up. So he, in the Bay Area, carved out his niche, and he is now putting together the army of warrior monks. Uh, you'll find out about the Order of St. Lazarus. They uh, they helped lepers. You'll find about the Sword Brothers of Livonia. They fought pagans. You'll find about the, the Knights Hospitalar, who fought a long battle with pronunciation. <laughs> As both Jesuit and Dana will demonstrate in the show, because it's either hospitalar or hospitalar, uh, depending on which one of them you're listening to as they tag, they have trouble with it. Um, you'll get some new order. You'll get some Huey Lewis. You'll hear the, you'll hear the Holy Sepulcher, which if it's not an eighties band, it should have been. I think, I think I saw them open up on the, on the road for the cult and, and Bauhaus. Uh, you finally, fi- I'll tell you this, after years of listening to this fucking podcast, finally, we get a Saladin appearance. Saladin shows up, baby. And get this. Here's what, here's what, here's how convicted Saladin is. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but this is something this man did. Uh, Saladin washed a Jerusalem temple top to bottom with rose water to remove the stink of the Templars. That's a committed dude. Also, that's a dude in charge. Cause I can tell you this. None of the 500 people who had to wash the temple from top to bottom with rose water were on board with that idea at all. Oh, no. Saladin, the guy who was the leader, went, you know, what's a good idea. What if we wash this entire building top to bottom with a hand washed it and scrubbed it with uh, with rose water? Would everybody be on board with that to remove the stink of the Templars? And all the slaves are like, why? I kind of don't mind the stink of the Templars. And he's like, grab a rag. Uh, And then they did. And then uh, other people were able to shake their hips in nocturnal folly and exertion. That's another phrase you'll hear. Uh, and then the whole thing ends on a cliffhanger, too. Look, it's it's a. I think you know what you don't even have to listen this time. I think I just told you everything that's in the episode. But who cares? You should listen anyway. It's fantastic. If only so you can start to tell your difference between your Seljuks and your Fatimids. And I think we both we've all been having that problem. Oftentimes I will be thinking of a Seljuk and then I will go and reach for the Fatimids and I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it, I totally wanted a Seljuk. It's like a V8. I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking about a Seljuk and then I'll drink a Fatimid. And I'm like, ah, oh, I could have had a Seljuk. 
Um, and the caliphates, look, they're all there. Everybody's here. As secret as these societies have tried to stay, they are secret no more because fearful Jesuit and his faithful sidekick, Dana Unicorn, have blown the lid off of this goddamn controversy and they're getting to the bottom of these secret societies shining. You know what? Light is sunlight is the best disinfectant. And our friend fearful Jesuit and Danny unicorn have come in with fucking sunlight, a blasting all over these motherfuckers. And uh, you should listen right now. It's available in the iTunes store. It's available in the Apple podcast space. It's available. I think on Spotify, look, man, wherever you find your finer podcasts, you're going to find uh, the phlegm cat podcast. You'll probably find the psychedelic cat podcast if that exists. And of course you'll find the paranoid strain. You want to write him a note? I think you should. Here's the email address. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write him a note. Tell him you love him. Tell him you love me. Tell him you love Dana. Tell him you love everything about the show. Tell him you can't wait to hear more about these secret societies. And when you say it like that, you have to rub your hands together. Secret societies. Do it that way. Um, Under the sea. Under the secret society. Um, I should watch that show to see if I'm, I'm, I'm doing him right. Sebastian, right? He's a crab. Jerks off his crab cock thinking of the mermaid. All right. Anyway, I... Ah, oh, it's out there, man. The Paranoid Strain podcast. The truth is out there and they're unveiling it right now, tearing in the lid off of secret societies in every possible nook and cranny. You can find a fucking podcast. You will find the Paranoid Strain. Download it now. Leave a review in the iTunes store telling people how great it is. Why not? What are you doing with your life? Go ahead and type shit up. Let them know you love them and let other people know you love them. Just wear it like a badge of honor with pride, like a hoodie like a paranoid strange straight jacket. Just strap yourself into the goddamn thing. So people ask questions like, why are you wearing that? You're like paranoid strain podcast. It's perfect. It's a great tie in. If you, if you market those Jesuit, I want the merch. All right. Uh, there's all sorts of other things to tell you about. I'm in the misfit toys co-op. I think, <laughs> I don't know. I put out a show it in two weeks. So they're probably like, what the fuck? Why is this guy? They're having a meeting. You want to talk about secret societies, the misfit toys co-op there. <laughs> they're in some fucking underground lab. They're having discussion about how to go forward with the fucking co-op and should we boot me? Uh, I'm not exactly a tentpole in this organization, but I don't care. I will do what I can to stay the as true as I can to who I am and what I do. Um, why do I say that like it's some heroic thing? Just fucking talk. Do your fucking show, idiot. Uh, the Misfit Toys Co-op is a gathering of like-minded podcasts who've gotten together to support one another. We're doing, we're doing each other's heavy lifting, and it's a good thing. Uh, we're talking about Never Not Funny, which features Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap and Elliot Hochberg and Garen Cockerell. Oh, I got to tell you about Garen in a second. Uh, and, of course, Doug Loves Movies, which is uh, containing our friend Doug Benson. And I don't know if you know this about Doug. Uh, Doug loves movies. You can find out all about it on the podcast. And also Jonah Ray, let me watch your movie with you. Jonah Ray is doing that podcast. And Todd Glass, who does the Todd Glass show, which is, uh, I think, appropriately named. And I wouldn't imagine any other show for Todd to do other than the Todd Glass show. And then, of course, the No Fun podcast with Jen Kirkman. Uh, She is a genius. She is brilliant. She does fantastic work and you can hear her and she's man. She's fucking good at this. You know, I'm sitting here staring and going, what the fuck? And then she's making video podcasts and video Patreon podcasts and bringing everybody into her fucking universe every second of every goddamn day because she's really fucking talented and good at this sort of thing. And I find myself going, God damn, why couldn't I be more like Jen? And then I want to reach out to Jen and go, Jen, teach me your ways. And then she's going to go, sorry, I'm too busy being productive. And I'm going to be like, yeah, nobody wants to take on a fucking Goonie sloth chunk with motherfucker. Of course not. But uh, we're all part of it. 
We're all partners. We're all invested in each other's success. That seems strong. In the Misfit, to- <laughs> the Misfit Toys co-op with Let Me Watch Your Movie With You, Jonah Ray, Never Not Funny, Doug Loves Movies, Todd Glass Show, No Fun With Jen Kirkman. All of these are available right now wherever you get your finer podcasts. Subscribe to all of them. Download them all. Listen and love them. Write all of the people who do all these shows and go, you know what? You should have Mike on. Yeah, that's what you want to do. No, don't do that. Just write them and tell them you love the show because they uh, they want to hear it just like I want to hear it, just like anybody else wants to hear that their life's work is being appreciated. Please reach out to the people that Never Not Funny, Doug Loves Movies, The Todd Glass Show, No Fun With Jen Kirkman, and Let Me Watch Your Movie With you with Jonah Ray to tell them how much you enjoy the things that they do. You enjoy the do the things they do. The do do da 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 da. Uh, so I'm still in the co-op as far as I know. I haven't heard otherwise, but right now I'm going to say I'm still in it. Uh, let's tell you about this. You want to hire me for something? You want to book me for some stuff? Because what again, like what the fuck else am I doing? I'm doing nothing, but I can do a cameo for you. Yeah, that's right. I can go ahead and do a cameo that uh, I, I'll talk to your friends. I'll talk to your enemies. You know what? That's the way to go. Maybe I pioneer that. Hire me to talk to your enemies on Cameo. I can tell, like, I always like, I can talk to your aunt or your cousin, boo-hoo. I'll talk to your wife or your sister, blah, blah. The fuck that, man. Give me somebody you hate. Let me fucking call them and just, and hey, look, whether I show up with an olive branch and I try to say to them, hey, man, this guy loves you now and wants to be your friend, or if I show up and go, by the way, you fucked this guy hardcore in fifth grade and he wants me to drop it on you. I'm here to fucking curb stomp you verbally for him. Take that, man. I'm, you know what? There's no better revenge on an enemy from your past than to hire nobody comedian to insult them. That's the way to go. You need to go ahead and hire nobody comedian to insult this ghost from your past that has haunted you forever. It is lurking in your brain. You're just like, oh, fuck, I should have fought that guy. Or, oh, man, that dude still owes me lunch money. Well, then you know what you do? Pay me $20, of which I'll get 15 to send him a note reminding him of that lunch money theft from 35 years ago. Well, I will send him a note reminding him of the time that he made you throw up by giving you sour milk at a fucking party when you were too drunk to ask what it was. I'm here for you, goddammit. Reach out to me to be your cudgel, your bulldozer. Let me be your sap in the night. Not sap like from a tree and not sap like, you know, uh, uh, fucking what? The, I can't even think of the word. I can't. How do I not pull the word sap like uh, uh idiot? You know what I mean? But there's a word that I'm looking for. Fuck me. How can I not think of a goddamn word? Man, did that suck? Um, <laughs> Pollyanna? No, it begins with P. Whatever. Who cares? See, old, dying, a minute at a fucking time. But I mean, sap in the in like in the forties, a sap was a blackjack. It was a uh, which I I would love to get my hands on a sap because I think it's it's just like a thing that you hit somebody with and it knocks them out. In the old days, it knocked them out. I don't know what the fuck it's going to do now. I guess you got to hit them right in the temple to knock them out with it, or in the back of the head. I got to be honest with you, man. People in the old days got knocked out quick. Like you could hit somebody like karate chop somebody in the neck and they'd go unconscious. Like it cut off their blood or whatever the fuck, or it said like it fried their synapses and they just fucking collapsed in their tracks. Or if you hit them on the head with something heavy, they would fucking fall apart. And it was like, what are you doing? How do you there's I look, I've been hit in the head with something heavy. You know what I do? I go, fuck, ow. And then I've got to fight or scramble or run or whatever the fuck. Or I mean, look, unless it's something that I was building and it fell on me, which often happens. You know me, I'm building a lot of stuff. <laughs> what time I was constructing a barn and the side of it fell on my head and I went, ouch, that hurts. And then I fought it. Oh my God. I fucking mounted the barn wall and I just ground and pounded the shit out of it till it tapped. It tapped its barn shutter and they had to stop the fight and take me off to my own corner. But I was still a bloody mess because when the fucking barn wall landed on my goddamn head, oh, not unlike a sap. You know what? A barn wall is just a tall sap. 
Ah, certainly. So you know what? I want a sap. I'll be a verbal sap to anybody you want me to be on Cameo. Hire me, man. I'll I'll show up out there. Well, I won't show up at their house. How weird is that? Don't hire me to go to anybody's house. I'll fucking get. I'm gonna wind up with fucking buckshot in my chest. Don't don't send me anywhere, please. I don't. I can't do that. I look. I will do anything for twenty bucks, but I won't do that. I can't. You could. I would do anything for twenty bucks, but I won't do that. And I really that's my meatloaf impression <laughs> forever. Goddamn bad out of hell. Still a classic. We lost Steinman. Fucking Steinman died. That dude is right. He, that guy's been writing song about songs about pussy and cars for 60 years. And then he finally shuffles off the planet. What a drag. The preeminent guy writing about pussy and cars. And he's fucking done. That guy's like the, who's the dude who draws the, there's a guy who draws like the cartoon devils, Mexican and yell at me, or the guy who drew the dragsters, like the, oh, the real intricate pictures of dragsters. Those were, those are fucking cool as hell. And now I can't, but that's what Steinman is to songs. He's that guy, man. Uh, you know what? Now I want to Google who fucking drew devils. Uh, all right, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it on the air here. This is sad. Okay, what do you care, man? I haven't done a show in two weeks. Bear with me. Oh, I'm on airplane setting. That's right. So nobody, I'm not Googling it. Fuck. All right. Um, who's the devil guy? My brother Glenn thought that the horn boy was like a, a thing from that, but it wasn't. Uh, whatever. Uh, the devil guy and then the and the dragster guy. That's who Steinman is for fucking music. Go listen to that Bad Out of Hell album. I, look, you're, and you might be like, oh my God, the histrionics, it's overwrought. But it's also, it is, it is, like a, it is a that is what bad out of hell is what would it would sound like if a, if an eighteen year old boy tore his heart out and threw it into a piano. That's what bad out of hell sounds like. I mean, it is just it is so. I was lost, but now I'm found. Oh my god, dude! Every song. The only one is I think "All Dressed Up with No Place to Go" is the only one that that's that is a tin ear for me. But everything else is a fucking classic. Baby, we can talk all night. I'm ruining it, but uh, Jesus Christ, that album! All it just fries me. It fucking stops me in my tracks. And then Steinman makes, uh, he does a song called Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, which with Meatloaf fucking records later. Uh, but Steinman put out a version of it, I think in 81, and it's fucking phenomenal. That version, you know, because Steinman's terrible. I mean, he, he couldn't sing, and that was the thing. Uh, he's the voice on Bad Out of Hell is going, on a hot summer night, would you give your throat to a wolf with the red roses? Uh, will he offer me his hunger? Yes. But But Jesus Christ. So Steinman dies, and it's like, what a... What a dragon. Then I read an interview with Meatloaf and he's fucking destroyed. And he's and he's like, there is no me without him. It's You want to read a touching, unbelievable tribute? You want to hear a man who knows what love is? Listen to Meatloaf talk about Jim Steinman. Oh, my God. They were a couple without knowing they were. Well, I mean, they knew they were a couple, but they didn't know they were a couple. You know what I mean? They were as, they were as close as you could be to being a couple without being together. I mean, they were. You don't know where meatloaf begins and Jim Steinman ends. And it's just fucking phenomenal. And, and they were, they were made for one another. And I'll tell you what, I did a deep dive on Steinman after he passed away. Like, as I don't, you know, I just know him through meatloaf and then through the solo stuff, but man, this dude, he did, he did so many other songs for other people. He did. He wrote making love out of nothing at all for fucking air supply. Are you kidding me? Making love out of nothing at all. Making love. 
fucking Jim Steinman wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. And that was meant for Meatloaf, but Meatloaf couldn't do it. So then Bonnie Tyler did it and had a ridiculous fucking hit. And again, it's another thing that people make fun of because you see the video and you're like, oh my God, it's nonsense. And but But then you realize, oh no, I love this. You have to love it. It's crazy, over-the-top, bombastic nonsense, but it's Jim Steinman's as close as you're going to get to having a real-life Phantom of the Opera. Like, you know, living in the catacomb somewhere and then emerging with some song that the sheet music is written in his blood. You know what I mean? He just It meant so much to him. Those, those songs and the style, it was so him. He wrote Making Love Out of Nothing at All. He wrote fucking Total Eclipse of the Heart. He wrote fucking uh, More for the Sisters of Mercy, which is like, you know, they were inaccessible up to that point. So, I mean, they had fans, certainly, but I'm mean, chart-wise, they did that song, and then it fucking, it, it crushes. It, it, it gets them on the chart. Um, and then he, he wrote a song that I wasn't even familiar with called It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. But then the second you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, that's Jim Steinman. Uh, this completely, this makes sense. Because you know why you know it's him because you play it and then your your earbuds start crying, they just start weeping at the at the sentiment at the joy at the beauty and at the depth of feeling which, because we're all so irony poisoned we're all so conditioned to, to laugh at anybody who's exposing themselves and making themselves that naked and vulnerable and that's all Jim Steinman did. All Jim Steinman did was make himself naked and vulnerable in these eight minute epics and people would laugh about it because everybody wanted three minute pop songs and he he couldn't fucking do it. He couldn't do it. He wrote a song called Nowhere Fast that's on Streets of Fire that is fucking insanely good. It's like basically the theme song for the movie. I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman became the bigger hit. But Nowhere Fast is the song when you hear it, you know, it's the movie Streets of Fire. He wrote Holding Out for a Hero for fucking Bonnie Tyler from fucking I think it was Footloose and, and it just and. I mean, and then he comes back with the I'd do anything for love. That fucking song. And I would do anything for love. Me love. And uh, go to hell and back. I mean, they, you know, Jim Steinman may have been born in the 40s or whatever the fuck, but, but string sections and piano were invented because they knew eventually Jim Steinman would be alive. God damn. What a shame to lose someone like that. Like I'm, I'm actually getting teary eyed talking about it because he was someone who was so alive and you knew everything you needed to know about Jim Steinman by the kind of music he wrote because he, he pined. You can hear in his music that Jim Steinman might've been an ugly kid in high school or he, he, you know, meatloaf got the attention and then he didn't. And, and he pined from, he wasn't content to be, anonymous. I'm sure he wanted to burst out and be noticed and seen. And all he could do was write these epics for other people. And, and that was trapped inside him. But every once in a while he'd get to unleash it, but he had to have a muse. He had to have another vehicle or a voice to put it through because he couldn't express it himself other than through pen and piano. And, and that's a tragedy in a way, but also I can only hope that he felt appreciated at some point in his life because he is the preeminent creator of songs of longing and it's a shame that he's gone. I don't even know why I got into that. Uh, but so hire me to tell, you know what? 
You want me to tell people about Jim Steinman? Tell me, then hire me to do that. I'm happy to do it. I will go ahead and call people on Cameo and spread the gospel of Steinman to and fro. Do me a favor. Find his version of Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You can run away forever. And if you listen, because if you listen to Meatloaf's version, it's too, it's Meatloaf hoarded up. Like they, they tarted it up way too much. Whereas Steinman's version is just glorious. And you need to do me a favor. Go find the video of Steinman doing it at some show in Europe. And there's people dancing in front of him. It's the perfect example of what Steinman was because nobody's watching him because he looks like a fucking schlub. Jim Steinman looked like a human tennis shoe. And I don't mean like a sleek Nike sneaker. I'm talking about a dirty Chuck Taylor in somebody's fucking closet. That's what he looked like. But he's on the stage singing and they have this unbelievably beautiful couple lithe and they're dancing and and for a fucking eight minute song. And they're also, uh, you know, engaging. And it's it's like a dance, a romance, a ballet of love and lust. And it's happening while and that's all you can watch, because otherwise you got to look up and realize that this guy looks like a dirty dish. And you're like, oh, man, I don't want to watch that guy. That guy wrote this love song. That sounds like a drag. And that's some Steinman up completely. It's like you can't take your eyes off of the beauty that is music created and the expression that people are giving through the music and the dance. But then you look up and see him and you're just like, holy shit, that guy looks like the underside of a shoe. But uh, but regardless, it's it's go find the video, but also listen, even if you just listen to the song, you'll get it because also it's one of those songs where you think it's over and then it comes back in with a soaring uh, like heaven, heavenly chorus. <laughs> You're like, is this song over? Oh, no, it's a Steinman song. Ah, like, of course, they're there. Why wouldn't you have that? A chorus of angels at the end of this fucking nondescript rock and rock song. It's gorgeous, man. Ah, uh, fucking Steinman. What a loss. What a blow. All right. Hire me for cameo. <laughs> hey, you want to support me financially? Why wouldn't you, right? Look at this thing. I just, I just brought Steinman into your life. Uh, you can do a PayPal thing if you want. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a horn boy. It says donate. Click on it. Be able to send me a one-time PayPal payment, uh, or you can go ahead and subscribe. And look, I know it is fucking ridiculous to ask for money when I haven't put out a show in two weeks. I do apologize for that again. Um, but if you'd like to go ahead and support financially, it would truly help me. And, uh, especially at a time where, <laughs> when people are falling off the, the dole, I like people are very nice, but I, I lost some patrons last month and I don't blame you again. The show's got a floating release date and stuff, but, uh, but if you want to step it up, that'd be pretty cool. If you want to go ahead and join, this is a good time to do so. So, uh, if, uh, oh, I didn't even mention Patreon. First of all, go to PayPal, uh, and go to, uh, you know, do MikeSchmidtComedy.com through PayPal. Uh, and you'll, and you'll find me, there's a donate button in the upper right hand corner, whatever the fuck I just said that. And also Patreon become a patron, uh, patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B go ahead and, uh, and be, be that guy who supports the show. Why not? Wouldn't you want to, I think you'd want to, um, support the show. I'd, I'd love it. It would make me very happy. And, and as, as I've already sworn this week, I, I'll tell you what, I will also post something on Patreon this week. I promise. I will do a TikTok, I will do a Snapchat, I will do an Instagram, and I will do a Patreon post this week. Look at me, getting busy, trying to, trying to, you know what, this is the equivalent of the baby, I've changed, <laughs> speech you give to your girl, come on, baby, no, man, I can be better going forward, I promise, uh, that's who I am right now, so, but, but I tell you what, you can believe me, I wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't true, come on, honey, you know this, sure, I've let you down in the past more than once, 
more than five times, more than 10 times, more than a handful, certainly. But I can change. I'll be different going forward. Just stay with me. Support me. Do what you can. Watch. I'll tell you what, this week, this week, I've got five. In, I, I can do a Patreon. I can do an Instagram. I can do a Snapchat. I can even do a TikTok for you. You'll see. But stay with me. There's, 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 I know that there's so many other choices. There's so many other, other people trying to woo you into their universe and keep you in the, in their space and, and take you for their own. But, but, but you're mine. You know this. I'm the fucking talent. And we're joined at the goddamn hip forever. So please know that when I say it's going to be different, it is. I swear. Uh, patreon.com slash mike40yob why wouldn't you join right of course you should uh, what else hey man I'm on twitch well I'm on youtube too let's talk about that youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy now you look I can't swear that I'll do something for youtube this week I, I gotta be honest but uh, I'll I'll try why won't I try right uh, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy you can find me there go ahead and subscribe if you would that'd be great and uh, going forward, there should be stuff on YouTube, right? Shouldn't there be? <laughs> Can we all agree on this? Uh, and then twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. That's me. I'm streaming stuff, whether it's video games or just me talking. Uh, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You can join there, follow and subscribe if you would. You can use your Amazon Prime account to give me five bucks a month. That's big, man. It's 60 bucks a year. That helps. Uh, that why well, I'll tell you what, that five bucks a month and add that to the seven bucks a month I'm saving on my insurance. Now we're cooking with fucking gas. Uh, that's 12 big ones. I don't know what to do with that. 12 big ones. I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm sure I'll buy, I'll buy a pile of fast food somewhere. Uh, I won't get into that. Um, all right. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and sign it up there and youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Those would be great. And Hey, let me throw this out there for you. I'll mention this. I, I don't even know if it's, if people have listened to the end, if this has even happened, I have no idea. You know, I talk about how new people come in here all the time. All right. I mentioned Garen earlier because Garen is part of never not funny from the misfit toys co-op, a great friend, a talented gentleman, a screenwriter, an author, and uh, he also a, a pop culture beast, if you will. The man has a website and he reached out to me and he's like, hey, man, I teach a class. And uh, I don't know if he said teach a class. He has a class. And he's like, would you be willing to come and share your show business and Hollywood experiences with these people? And I'm like, and I and you know me again under the radar. I'm underground. This is a uh, three months ago. So I didn't answer the email for like a month because <laughs> I'm awesome. And then finally. Uh, I wrote him and I'm like, yeah, cause I guess, all right, here's the, the MO. I figure if I don't answer him, he'll find somebody else. I, I, it's terrible. I will admit to that foible right here. I figure if I don't answer the man, he's going to find somebody else. That's the way it is. So I didn't answer him. Um, and again, because the man who lives in my head, J Jonah Jameson said, uh, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. And I said, all right. And then he said, and also don't do that Garen class. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Your Hollywood experiences. You're a nobody. And I said, that's exactly right, J. Jonah Jameson. And then he said, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. And I said, all right, I will. So uh, so I, that's why I didn't think I should do Garen's thing, because who the fuck wants to hear me? Hi, how you doing? I have a podcast I can't even come up with, um, keep up with. So he then wrote, he's very kind and he was very persistent. And then I said, all right, you know what, man? Yeah, I can do this. I, but I said, but here's the qualifier. 
you are literally on a show with two guys who should absolutely talk to this class before I should. Jimmy Pardo has an infinite more, infinitely more success than me. Matt is a, a businessman, an entrepreneur, a producer. Uh, even if he's tangentially in Hollywood and comedy, the man is he's got a fucking heavy footprint in in knowing comedy, hiring comedians. He's he's the guy. So I said, if you still think I should do this, I'm I'm willing to. But I also think you have different assets that are closer to you that would, feel, you know, whatever the fuck. I did everything I could to professionally talk him out of hiring me. And then he wrote me. He's like, no, man, I want your unique perspective. That's why I'm reaching out to you. And at that point, then you can't say, oh, because now because now it's all flatter. Well, I uh, yes, I do. Certainly, I do have a unique perspective. Well, I'd love to share that with these people. (laughs) Idiot. So uh, so he reaches out. He's like, let's do this. And I'm saying, all right. So it was going to be either May 1st or May 8th. May 8th was the last day of the class. And I said, all right, man, I'll tell you what. um, Let's do the first because. On that May 8th class, since it's got a last day of school vibe, they're not going to want to listen to me anyway. It's bad enough they're listening to me, but that day, it's like they just can't wait for the class to be over. And I'm sure Garen at that point is exhausted with me finding every single reason to change things. But he's like, all right, let's do the first. (laughs) So I did. And I talked to some people on Saturday. Uh, Like I said, you're hearing this on Monday. Um, And people were extremely kind. They were kind enough to listen to me and the things that I said. Um, I felt that a couple of them were certainly more engaged with me than others. I felt there were other people who couldn't wait for me to stop talking. Uh, and I feel bad for them because I went for two hours and, uh, and I just, you know what? Cause I kept, and look, it wasn't an uninterrupted monologue. There was a woman in the class who, who was very kind and, and carried a lot of the weight with a lot of questions and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, a, I was a two hour appearance or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And and I just, I, I was fine with it. I thought I did. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. You know what I mean? But you never fucking know. And then Garen wrote me. He's like, that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted was what you just did. And I'm like, and, and it was that thing where, you know, again, as you know, I'm always carrying around a fire extinguisher to put out any sort of flame of hope. So I'm just like, well, I, you know, it was nice of those people to pay attention for as long as they did. I'm, I'm sure I lost some of them, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no, he goes, that's exactly what I wanted. They actually quoted you when you left. This is what I wanted you to do. And I was like, that's, you know, and at that point you can't argue because he's telling you it's a, it's a great success. And I did exactly what he wanted me to do. But as you know, with me, I will always get out the razor blade and try to cut my own Achilles tendon and fall over and not be able to walk. It's just so silly to me. And it made me go, why are you doing this? Why are you? And then it, you know, and then I was like, all right, I should do a podcast right after I finished talking to him on Saturday. I'm like, I should do the podcast. And then I sat there and I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. You know what? I just talked for two hours to them. And will I sound good? Or will I do that? Dude, and you, you don't care. Whatever the fuck. Let's just get out of here. Let's do this. Let's just fucking. We've done a show and it's a good one and I'm thrilled. Hire me for cameo. Book me for these other places. Remember about the Misfit Toys co-op. And let's let's and go live your life. And I will I will be I promise you there will be an Instagram, a Snapchat, a TikTok, all of those things. I will do any social media. I have path is path anything. I know I've got that app. I've got Diptick. Is that a thing? I'll put a thing on Diptick. Whatever the fuck. Get off my back. I know I've got all these apps and all this social media and all this bullshit to reach out to everybody. I can make it happen. Whatever the fuck you need me to do. You want to post something on Twitter? I'll post a message to you. I'll put whatever. Hire me for anything. Cameo. I want to do everything. Look, you know what? I'm back in the game. This is it, man. This is always the way it works. When the show's finished, I'm high and I think, you know what? I can do this. I'm great. I'm talented. 
started. And then in like three hours, I'm going to go, oh, man, nobody liked it because nobody said anything. I'm so dumb. Why am I that guy? And yet you know this, and yet you're still here. Although you might not be. But after 13 years, there are some people who are still here, and it makes me happy. And I'm so thrilled that you've decided to go ahead and give me your time. And I said, anybody who pays any attention or laughs at what I say or listens to any word I have, it makes me so thrilled. And I'm, I'm privileged and lucky and honored and humbled and excited. And yet, and yet I abuse the privilege all the time. So please, please know I won't going forward. Or I will try my best not to. Or please know that I will, but stay anyway. I don't fucking know. I can't lie to you guys. I don't want to try to trick you with any sort of bullshit. But at the same fucking time, who the fuck knows?